Hey, everybody. Jacob here from the Formula Drift podcast. We have an awesome deal for you. So if you head over to shopfd.com and use coupon code PODCAST23, you're going to save 20% on any merch. So anything you can find on that website, use PODCAST23 at shopfd.com. Save yourself 20%. Hats, shirts, lanyards, whatever. Just use the code. Save yourself some money. So why not? You know, don't don't stop listening. Wait till the show's done. But then head over, shopfd.com, use podcast 23. We'll see you guys out there. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Outer Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. My name is Jacob Gettens, and we have Daniel Stook. Is it Stook or Stooky? Like, it's is Stooky, Stooky just the nickname? Your, your actual name is Stooky. Okay. It, yeah, it's pronounced Stooky, but it's like, uh, and even before FD, it's such a miscommon pronunciation that like even... Stuck or stuck even has become like a nickname. Not so much stuck. That's more of a, you know, but yeah, no, I get stuk from, from people who don't know me and from the close homies. So stuk, stooky. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do, honestly, like my, I've never been good at na- like name pronunciations. And then when we started bringing in like all these guys from Brazil and other countries, I'm like, oh man, like I had to pick yeah, this year. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel bad for but, Jared. Dude. It, it took him a while because he, he got me stuk and stucky and stuck. Yeah. But it was when I was doing Pro 2 first, there was like 64 drivers and there was a bunch of people with crazy last names. So I was, I was like, did yeah, you, no, did you start with, the, you gotta, <laughs> did you start with the Pro 2 era? Like, was that yeah. your, okay. I think I did two years of Pro 2 and then my last year, has there been two years of Pro Spec now? It was uh, last yeah, year, the I first so. year of Pro Spec. Okay. Okay. So yeah, no, I did one year of Pro 2 and then two of Pro Spec. So what was your last year of Pro 2 that was that 2019? Yes, yeah, I think so. And then okay. 2020 the COVID years I think when they started the Pro Spec. Right. So would that be the year Beecham won Pro 2? I'm trying to like I'm trying to like go back in history. I think that, and, like, I think okay. that was 19. I think that was uh I think yeah, cuz he won Pro 2. I don't think he won Pro Spec. So he must right. have been in 19 cuz I think Dylan and Hughes moved up from 18. Right, because that was the Travis Reader. Dylan Hughes were like, like I think, I, if Dylan I remember correctly. Yeah, Reader, Reader and Hughes, yeah. Yeah, where like, I think uh, Reader gave Hughes like an axle or something like that so he could actually finish and like win the title. Like it was this like yeah. Yeah, we awesome were, yeah, show. Yeah, we were there in town for, um, for the Drift League at the time. So I think we stayed around and watched and, okay. and got to watch that whole battle. That was cool. Okay, so you would have, so I, I, Worked with Riley Sexsmith back in the day, so you would have oh, competed in the same at the same time as yes. him, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we ran did, into did each other back then. Uh, he had a he had a Subaru. Did, he had, he uh, didn't run FD in Subaru though. No, no, it wasn't legal. Like it, there was a bunch of stuff that made it not legal. That's right. Um, he had the, the BRZ. I actually have like a huge poster of it right here. So sick. I have a Kyle Kyle Cross photo of uh, oh, of Riley at Road Atlanta. Yeah. Very cool. No, it's it's pretty sick. I mean, obviously, I don't think you had the super long hair at that point, though. That would have been like an ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been rocking this forever, dude. I had uh, I went ten years without a haircut. I had like you know, my trims were basically it ripping out from getting caught on stuff or it catching fire <laughs> sometimes. But from eighteen to twenty eight, I didn't get a single haircut, and then I had like a beaver tail from wearing a helmet so often, so I couldn't brush oh. it out. So my first haircut was. I think my mom chopping out the beaver tail. Was that was that just from like snowboarding? Yeah. Dude, oh, everything. Just yeah. I mean, snowboarding, race car helmets. Me, just you know, I always wear it in a bun. But then I got super curly hair, so it just turns into a mess. So I, I rocked a beaver tail for probably like two years. A, a single what? dread. 
A single dra- What's what is yeah. the hair routine like? Because like you have probably the gl- most glorious hair on grid right now. Second, I'm I got to get on that Amanda Sorensen level. I don't know. Oh, you know, good like call. Dude, e- even halfway through the day, it looks like she just got out of the hairdresser. I get so yeah. ratted and matty that um, no, I, I don't do anything, dude. I, I scrunch it when I when it yeah. dries, and I throw in some like Target leave-in conditioner <laughs> stuff. Nothing crazy. I need that like Maybelline sponsor though. Yeah, that would actually be hilarious. I don't yeah. I don't think we've ever seen like a hair sponsor of any kind. Right? Any mane and tail right down the side. Mane of the and tail. See, yeah. it's funny because yeah, I, I need I need bulk quantities. Yeah. My little brother yeah. used to have like really long hair. I said little, he's like six foot six. He's huge. But like he had really long hair and that's what he always uses yeah. mane and tail. That's so funny. that's yeah. funny you bring that up. <laughs> it's the best, dude. It's the best. The best bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it actually did come from from like actual horse breeding, like like yeah, uh, from show no, horses, yeah, and then absolutely. people, yeah, and then yeah. all it took was like one person to use it on their own head, and like, oh, this is actually incredible. Like right, we should we right. should keep using this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's funny. So so, what is your like? What was your rise to? I guess pro now. Like I, I mean, I feel like there's not there's not a lot of info on you as somebody who does like a yeah. lot of research. There's not a lot of good info about your career path, like publicly. I, uh, I guess I mean. We've been doing it kind of as privateers slash hobbyists with the like with the intention of moving up to pro. So I've never been really good at like, you know, blasting my socials with everything and like I all of Pro Am and, and most of Pro Two even, like I didn't have photographers or videographers with me. That kind of started later and I just kinda grabbed clips from someone who was there later and post it. But um no, I did uh two years of Pro Am. So I did one year where we kind of bounced around. We did Vegas Drift, uh, Southwest, Lone Star. Um, right. And then we did another year where we just did uh, the Drift League. And that was all okay. at Irwindale. So it was four rounds at Irwindale. And uh, I got my license through there. And I think that was that was a really good era or time and series all at the same time. Because it was uh, both the Sorensons, Rome, um, like Micah Diaz. There was like a whole bunch of heaters that were all right in that little program so it was like a cool way to i don't know add an fd track too we'd run a couple different layouts but um but no so i started through there and then did uh three years of pro 2 and pro spec and then yeah here we are last year was my rookie year we pretty much just used the pro spec car because i was like all right i'm used to this thing and we stayed on the 255s and, uh, oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you were on 255s sorry. all last year, too. Nah, it's all good. Don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know what it started out as, uh, but I just really didn't like the sidewalls of the 295 GTs. Like, the mm-hmm. way it made S-chassis look made it look a little kind of goofy. Like, the monster <laughs> truck rake. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I prefer a lot of... I like getting my forward bite and then having okay. a lot of side skate. And okay. it looked like, like Adam's car on the... 315 nitto or whatever it, mm-hmm. it looked like it just struggled to do s chassis things and i didn't really want to step up to that while stepping into pro i feel like it would have been like a ton of change all at the same time and i didn't want to struggle through my rookie year so i was like i can shred in this car it shreds on these tires with this setup we'll dial a little bit more grip in make it a little more responsive and it, mm-hmm. it worked out pretty well it, it, I, we kind of got left at tracks that have smaller drag races in them like atlanta is kind of like a downhill drag race and an uphill drag race so yeah. we had no chance in atlanta <laughs> um and the bank at evergreen is is 
Oh yeah, a good one yeah, for tough. yeah. You really just let them. So it was kind of hard to kind of hard to keep up at those tracks. But everywhere else, it honestly, it was pretty surprising how well the two fifty five and a good suspension setup works. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's it's a good thought. I mean, we always. I mean, I think the the wisdom now is like, hey, try not to to screw it too much before making the jump to pro. Because like right. we saw it for so long, guys would build this crazy new chassis and they do all these insane mods and and yeah. like you know come in with something brand new and then they get into pro and they're like, oh, I have to learn the speed and the comfort and the tire and diagnose a brand new chassis at the same time. Right. Like it doesn't and, make and sense. you're adding all kinds of stuff while adding double the rounds and just more tension in the car with more grip and stuff. So you're adding you know, more than twice the abuse to the car. So it, it, it it's a lot to learn. So we just kind of, we're kind of easing our way into it. And now with the Vitor tires this year, we were on a 255 at Long Beach too, but it was the yeah. 255 Vitor and they, they moved. So, um, so Man. we plan on being, a, yeah, they, they worked, <laughs> they worked. Hearst was I on think- them. Mohan was on them. Rome got a handful of 285s. Um, yeah. cause he's more prepared and actually ordered his tires well before, um, we knew there was going to be a shipping thing, but um, yeah, those, those, I'm glad you brought those up. Cause like, I think those tires are going to be one of the most disruptive things this year. Like just, I agree. just seeing yeah. Rome, th- like, I'm not saying you didn't do well. You obviously had a, a nearly impossible task like at hand, yeah, 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 which, for real. which you, you still went like a legitimate one more time with James Dean, yeah. which is like, I mean, that's, that's one of those like feather in the cap for the career yeah, right off the check, bat. Yeah. Check that off the bucket list. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, those, those V2 tires are are crazy like they dude yeah they they work they remind me a lot of the bellinos um, okay they're just like <laughs> the hotter you get them the grippier they get um they smoke that's what I, they're consistent that's what I was, they yeah i don't know i was noticing the temp thing in in guy like you guys warming up where like you could actively there's maybe i'm just like over analyzing it but i feel like that's just kind of what i do um, yeah. If you watch guys warm up, you'll kind of see as they warm up, they get to a point where you'll see the tire slide a bit more. And then yep. usually at that point, they're kind of done. Like yeah. the warm up's kind of finished. I know some guys will monitor temps and stuff like that. But for the guys who like, quote unquote, feel it out, you'll see them warm the tire up and they'll, they'll whip the car around. Usually that last one before they head to the line, the car's almost too loose. Yeah. But I was watching, I watched Super Drift last night or not Super Drift, um, The Invitational last night. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, watching Rome. Yeah, it was Super Drift. I was watching Rome heat his up, and he just got tighter and tighter and tighter. And I'm like, they're not going to loosen up. Like, he's just he's just going to have to go. So, yeah, no. Um, that's an interesting. That's a whole thing in itself that, like, you could, you could probably have a whole hour podcast <laughs> on just burnout box routines. Yeah. Um, Everyone's There's got a, like everyone's got a different take. Like I, I obsess over burnout box routines. For real, no, dude. It, it honestly, and I learned this from Field, and it, it literally. He said, "Give me thirty seconds in anyone's car in just a burnout box," and he's like, "I can tell you what the hell's wrong with it." And then I was like, "I, was, I believe Damn, that sounds pretty impressive." But now <laughs> doing it more and more and more, I totally get that, and that's the first thing I do on the Sims and everything. But there was this Instagram account last year called Beyond FD. I don't know who actually runs it or not, but. They just took videos from the parking garage of the overhead of the burnout box of every driver. So you can go back to that video and watch each driver's burnout box and kind of watch. Mm. Um, and, and it's interesting how a lot of the dudes do the same thing. And, it, and it's more um, putting heat into the fronts than the rears. The flashes, you know, the rears flash the heat like really quickly. Yeah. But watching these people... Um, 
the way they just you know like push up on them and slide and then there's a couple people like i feel like the papadakis cars start doing that but then they pull it back out into a four-wheel slide to maybe not put like so much yeah. wear on the rack or something because there's a lot of wear on the rack during there but well, it's a lot of stress to understeer the tire at full lock right yeah right right and yeah as you know cold tires not so much but then by the time you know they're warm is by the time they're they're really like kind of starting to rip stuff or, or grab stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I, I love watching that. It, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. I think, I think um, like, I think there were guys that were scrubbing fronts for a while, but really when James and Piotr came in and like, were very purposefully understeering the hell out of the car to scrub them. Like that's when I noticed more and more guys starting to do it. Um, and then I've seen a couple of guys now, uh, I've seen this more, actually, believe it or not, in like Pro-Am series where guys will will put their fronts on the rear and go do like a quick burnout or two, then swap them to the front and take that that um, the casting release off and right. just do like a quick scrub on them, throw them on, and then and then go out with them. That's not a so, bad idea for, for like brand new fronts because I do notice it's hard, especially with the Vitors. I was struggling a little bit to put heat into the fronts. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just like the base layer, you know, the top layer they have, or uh, we were 17, uh, 17 inch wheels up front last year. So we ran like a okay. uh, 245, 17. Mm-hmm. So my routine may be enough to just warm up that 245, 17, but now going to the 255, 18, there's a little bit more meat. So I wasn't sure if it was that or the tires by itself, but um, no, dude, it, it is so important to warm the fronts up. And I was struggling with that. The first couple practice, the the first couple laps of the practice sessions or whatever, I would understeer into one super hard just because I wouldn't be putting enough heat into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started changing fronts more often too. I didn't I didn't realize how uh, we do it like every other event now. But there's people who I think are changing fronts probably six to eight times an event just because the heat cycles going through them probably just makes them into a harder rubber or something. So they. Yeah, they get checked, like heat checked, yeah. right? Yeah, we used to yeah. run two seasons on, like in Pro-Am, we'd run two years on a set of fronts. And then when we get a flat spot from left foot and too hard, like we'd be like, yeah. all right, time for a new set. But then you throw a new set on, you're like, oh my God, this is a whole different car. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing Pro 2, the Achilles 123s, and like the amount of rubber that they used to pick up on the fronts was nuts. Yeah. Like it yeah. was, it, it got so sticky and so hot. And that's like, when I was explaining to people what I when I was looking at those VTORs, like what it seemed like, I was like, oh, these seem like the Achilles 123s. Like that's the closest connection I could make because I hadn't seen, um, there was one other tire in Europe called Extremes that reminded me of it as well. Yeah. Uh, but they're like a one, I think like a 140 tread wear and I don't even think they're that. But those those would flash off. They wouldn't have the same longevity. Right. So it's, it's it, yeah. really interesting. Dude, the Rome was getting eight laps on a set of 285s. I was getting three and a half and that's like still unheard of for me. I've never, I've never kept tire on the, you know, after two laps. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I I think that, um, I, I remember Jonathan saying he was getting three and then had some meat left. Like he could probably get another run through it or something. But what I'm curious to see is like with the high degradation tracks, how they hold up. That's, that's going to be the difference. Cause like, the tire battle this year, obviously, we're looking at like Kendas versus the Vitors or Vitors. I, I'll get the pronunciation right at yeah. some point. I, I asked them, and I guess the guys from Chile they say they say Vitor. Vitor. So I was like okay. I, I added the E because I'm from Minnesota, so I you know I'm more of a v, Vitor. But uh, yeah, 
Um, what what's going to be interesting? Like we saw the Kenda's not quite as fast, but mm-hmm. I think in those high deg tracks, they're gonna they may be better. Yeah, so I'm halfway really through interested. the second lap at Seattle, they're still gonna have what they they're had at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like over at Tire Stacks, and I was like going and checking tires, and I was like asking, right. like, "Hey, who's who? These co- oh, dude?" I was like full sneak mode in the pits all weekend. It was great. That's funny. Yeah. No, we, we always sneak over there after events and pull some scrubs out just to to take home some practice luck. laps and whatnot. But yeah, the, the Falcons <laughs> and the the Falcons and the GTs, the two ninety five GTs. They always had some some meat left on there. Yeah, it's going to, I mean, either way, I think it's going to be an absolutely wild year. Like, uh, yeah, just yeah. just Long Beach proved that. Like, the way yeah. that the, the qualifying went, the way that the battles went, like, there's no guarantees anymore. I mean, there never was, but, like, watching watching Hearst take out, like, three incredible guys, and it's like, oh. For real. Yeah, on a 255, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, and then Rome coming in second, and then, I mean, you won more timing. Um, yeah. James Dean, like, dude. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of people are gonna catch up to that top level where there was like a you know you could almost really predict the top eight last year and yeah. um, and maybe maybe the Vtors are are a good equalizer because there was a there's a bunch of people who are absolute wheelers but they're limited by either you know tires or parts or or, or something or but yeah um, I don't know I feel like a lot of people are gonna meet. Turek and Osbo and Field at that level this year, and and mm-hmm. all of thirty two is going to feel like top four battles, oh, which is so great. Like yeah. I mean, I know yeah. for you, uh, you're like, damn, like you. Know, I mean, obviously coming up through, you're like, yeah, great. I'm happy to be like this. Uh, you know, probably the most competitive you've ever been, which is, yeah, I'm sure a yeah. fantastic feeling. Dude, yeah, so, it is. I've been spending so much time on the sim. I've been literally, really? yeah, and and even prepping for Atlanta. We've been we've been going to town just. Um, like, you know, 5,000 lead laps I'm going to get in. But it's in the chase. It's so cool to be able to, because the, the whole key to that track is really coming around that first inner clip and setting yourself right. up on the rumbles to be, you know, track left or whatever. And uh, being able to run a thousand laps following people and seeing different correlations between, well, okay, well, they're a little slower here. So that equals this after that inner. And being able to see every possible line you know, because we're just hammering it into our brain, being able to see those possible lines before we actually follow, before we follow someone, like it. I don't know. It, it adds a whole different ball game. What, to what's, it. I'm loving it. What is your sim setup? Like, I, I feel like that's something doesn't get talked about enough. So, like, what are you running? Um, Wheel, I run. Pedals? I still run the. Everyone's on direct drives, and they're and you know I've tried a couple of them. I haven't had enough time to like get them to click. I'm still on the Club Sport two five, the Fanatec stuff. Okay, and it's. Uh, just fan attack pedals, wheelbase, shifter. I run the Thrustmaster Sparco handbrake because it, it feels like my ASD does. And um, just some eBay base and not a crazy computer. I run it on VR, so I do the Oculus 2. So I have kind of like potato graphics, but the processing <laughs> speed's still pretty quick. All right. Um, what's yeah, your, what's yeah. your PC setup? I, I don't know if you're like, I mean, obviously people have picked so up my, my PC setup. Dude, so. I, uh, <laughs> I know enough about computers to log into discord and Aceto and uh content okay. manager and and jam and that's about it i'm i'm the worst with it and it's like i don't like people touching my sim or changing settings when they come over because i'm like i don't know how to get it back to this it feels good <laughs> don't touch my thing um but it's uh i think it's like a, a 1080 ti or something like that it was oh, okay 
It, it was super yeah. nice stuff probably like five years ago. And I think, uh, I think it's pretty, I need like a 30, 80 or something people are telling me, but I don't know. Yeah. We're into, I mean, we're into the 40 series now to give you an idea. So I have a 20 series yeah. graphics card. So yeah, we're like, yeah, we're into the 40 series now. So right. yeah, you're I, wish cool I, I wish I even knew what that meant. It sounds cool, <laughs> dude. It sounds cool. I need, I need to be more on top of it because then I'll watch replays of these guys I play with and stuff. And uh, sometimes I can't tell what's real and what's fake they have drone mods now for follow cams oh. so like these drone mods and the spectators are like real looking spectators so like i'll watch a couple clips and i'll be like damn that was a good run and then you know there'll be like two sim magic cars and i was like oh my god that's a vdc round so my, <laughs> my computer looks nothing like that I, it looks like i'm still kind of playing in fr legends like visually but maybe a, a little better than that that might be yeah. a little drastic but that's a good uh, game though but uh, yeah, no, it, it's smooth. It feels good. The the steering response is is super accurate. We have like our own custom cars built uh, from Diamond Racing and G um, GC Drifting, and we go in and we drive them. And I'm like, yeah, it feels good, but I'd like it better if it did a little bit, little bit of this. So they'll just go in and do some ones and twos and literally dial it in to make it feel like my real life car. And hmm, it's neat. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if there's something to be said about having lower graphics you're just focused on driving because like guys do that with like first person shooters right they'll like they'll drop the graphics way down so it's just like right. everything's basically a polygon and they're like no yeah. i don't care yeah. about i don't care about like smoke or cracks on the walls like i just my job is to you know take out that person so yeah. i wonder if yeah, the same real. is to be said i could see that yeah. maybe it's not as um it'd be nice to have crazy graphics but maybe <laughs> Maybe it is better to kind of run more of like a blank sheet of a track because, you know, those cracks and those visual references that you're getting might not be the same at the normal track. But, right. But then you're like filling in this like coloring book of a track. So when you get there in real life and you do your track walk and go out there on a scooter or a golf cart or whatever, then you can go back and kind of fill in like, okay, that blank wall has this banner here this year. So I can use that banner as like a color reference to. Oh, that's a good you know, point. Yeah, because like if, if it was baked into the game already and you saw that, you might, you know, you might be relying right, on, might, oh, I yeah, see red, and then I, I need to, Yeah, interesting. Huh. I never thought of it that yeah. way. That's, but I love it, that's, dude. I love, uh, I don't know. I just love drifting. I love watching people. I'm, I'm, I'm more, like, emotionally invested in, in pro-spec. I love watching pro-spec. I love that everyone is a wild card and everyone yeah. can make mistakes or completely surprise you, like, like well, Human Rahimi is is the yeah. most exciting driver because you're about to see either either like a 100 point pro qualifying run or he's gonna yeah. 360 into something and oh, I love it I love it yeah and it, yeah and it, that's neat and he's such a great guy too I've known Human for years right? like and, he's, and he's, he's and such a cool uh, guy it, his yeah I like watching and meeting these drivers and getting to know people more I start to understand their drive their driving style way more based yeah, off of their personality. And I'm like, oh, there's totally is a, wild a correlation. Man. Yeah, there's totally a cor correlation between like that, just how you act and how you drive. Like I Matt think, Fields I think out could... there doing exercises and precision and aggressive and you know you yeah. can expect on point, aggressive, nasty and like Forrest Wang is, is uh, he's just really good, but he's not, you know, he's not like showboating or anything. He's just, he's just, I'm gonna, gonna chill back and lay loose yeah. and that's what he does. Like if he wants to dominate someone, he'll, he'll add more angle and be deeper through a zone. And that's, yeah. I feel, you know, like that's how he'll step on uh, on people versus, you know, other people who yeah. do it their own personality way. It's it's so cool. 
And like Osbo's cold and calculated and his driving is like, you know, yeah, basically always, matches and, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you watch you watch his interview, he never stutters, he never it's everything so he says is precise and well thought out and and that is his driving too and yeah. It's neat. Yeah. And it correlates to just about everyone and the more you get to know them, you're like, "Oh, I get that. I get, you know." So where where are you living now? You're just saying like Oklahoma, uh, Mustang. So right outside of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. And then where did you, you grew up in Minnesota? I grew up in Minnesota, uh, okay. kind of Lakeville, in between Lakeville and Prior Lake area. And then I moved to Colorado when I was 19. Okay. And I did eight, I, I did eight years. Like it's a jail <laughs> sentence. Like I did, I did 18 years in the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, no, I did. I lived in, uh, in Colorado for eight years. I did. Some of it was up in the mountains, and then I lived down in Denver for like two years. Okay, okay. So you're just out, just outside Lakeview, like one of the little suburbs or something like that, or yeah, like the yeah, rural area. So yep. did you did you go to school in Lakeview then, uh, or Lakeville? Uh, Lakeville, sorry, yeah, yeah. Lakeville. I went to I went to school in Lakeville until halfway through freshman year, and then okay. I got kicked out and got homeschooled. Cool. Were you a Were you a Panther or were you a Cougar? Whoa! All right, Cougar. I was cougar. A cougar. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've heard there's a pretty bitter rivalry between the two. So I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you're into sports, maybe. But no, I was. <laughs> uh, I think the year I moved into freshman year was like the second year they built a whole nother school, so they right. split Lakeville in half. So there was too many people. So then I got I went to the new one, and that was Lakeville South. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then you you grew up like snowboarding. Like that was that was kind of your jam, right? Yeah, that's that was it. I lived at Buck Hill pretty much. I um I can still feel the tow rope. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Was I'm assuming it wasn't like a huge hill? No, no. And uh it I mean it was decent for, for like the Minnesota, Wisconsin area. It was kind of a bigger hill. I think it was like eight hundred feet of elevation change. Yeah. Which when you go out to Colorado, like there are landings of jumps that are bigger than Buck Hill pretty much. Yeah. Um but no, that that uh, that uh, that's a whole thing. If you're into that, the whole Midwest park rat kind of thing. People from that area get so good because kind of like the simulator thing. Uh, the tow ropes let you hit the same box and the same rail a thousand over times over. a day versus having to do you know you get four hits and then a ten minute chairlift ride and then four hits. These kids that are just lapping the tow rope are are just get good. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I, I grew up like near a small hill as well. It's called Hidden Valley. I worked ski patrol forever. So I was like one of the oh, dudes who okay. give you like, give you jib kids shit for, for building jumps yeah, and stuff like yep. that. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was me, unfortunately. Um, but That's yeah, funny. Buck Hill, dude, I, I, Buck Hill is like, it's kind of legendary. I mean, like the replacements have a song about it. Do they? No, nah, I've never heard that. What is, yeah. what is that about? It's, it's literally about Buck Hill. Like it's, it's an actual song about that ski hill. What? Yeah, That's cool. yeah go look it up. Yeah, I know. Dude. So, so I'm wondering, oh, I'm like, man. what's so great about this place? I mean, like, you've got so many other incredible hills and and a, like places nearby that I just yeah, I was just nothing was super by. great about it, and that's what made it perfect. It, it is, was, is that it wasn't great? Yeah, dude. It it, it was uh, like, I, and now I think it looks a lot better. I see some stuff online. I found this guy on TikTok who's like super viral, and all he does is just do POV stuff through Buck Hill, but like. Yeah, no, I think growing up there was where he's like talks through box. the jumps and stuff. Like he's like yeah, he's yeah, long yeah, hair too, right? I yeah. think his name is Ryan Ryan something, but yeah. I think so. Um, but no, dude, growing when I was growing up there, every box had nails sticking up out of it at the end, and like 
you know, there would be divots after everything that were deeper than the box themselves. And like, yeah. it was, it was weird. So if you could get good in those situations, like, you know, you learn how to nollie out of a front board because there's a nail at the end that'll catch you or something <laughs> like that. And it, it's neat. Yeah, so it many was, concussions. It's, it wasn't even like a snowboarding hill. It was just a vertical ice rink with rails on it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good way to like, I mean, depending on, were, were you more of like a, a street style snowboard or like more like, I mean, you were pretty gangstar back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that'd be a good way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, snow I mean, pants, that was, like four sizes. We all big. wore baggy, ba- way yep. too baggy clothes and, and XXXL hoodies and whatnot. And yeah. my buddy AWOC, he, he was the steeziest of them all. Dude, he's going to love this little shout out, but he used That's to awesome. wear eight different layered tall tees and then yeah. like 19 bandanas coming off of it. Yeah, it of was, course. And oh, like man. one, one's like uh basketball jersey over top, like yes. that kind of thing. Yeah, dude, yeah. That like 2004 to 2008 style was, that was something. Were, were you like the kind of kids that would just like hang around the local board shop too? Like, were you like always at zombies and just like Lurkers. would never leave? Yeah, and not dude, buy anything? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so happy you're bringing this stuff up. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was a little dickhead, dude. I, I yeah. was uh, Sean, <laughs> the owner of Zombie. We'd walk there because it was before we, you know, had our driver's licenses and stuff. And we would always yeah. just walk there and pester him for free stickers and sit on the couch and act cool because they were cool. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, we were we were lurkers for sure. Just finding shit to do backflips off of and yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I do, do. I knew I was not one of those kids, but like I definitely had a buddy of mine, Alistair. Like that was that was it. Like that's what he yeah. was known for. It was like big headphones, you know, never wore a helmet unless he absolutely had to. And yep. then like yeah, I don't even know how real. he got around his snowboard, like his snowboard pants were so low. And I'm like, dude, dude. how do you even like how do you well, do that? Because once you're strapped into the bindings, they're like they can only ride so low down the legs, and then you just yeah. let that be your belt. Yeah, and then that's what holds it. It's just just the actual A frame of your legs is yeah, what holds it yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you make a teepee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so were you like were you were you like a jib kid then, or were you like big air? Or what was your what was your style? Um, a little bit of both. It was kind of hard to be like a big air guy from Minnesota because we didn't have any huge jumps. If you wanted, I feel like there's another place in Minnesota called Highland, and yeah. and their jump game was on point. So I feel like all the Highland kids. When they'd come to Buck Hill, they would just shred. And you'd always be like, oh, my God, that kid rides Highland. They had a jump called Nibora or something like that. And it was okay. like a secret jump that only the ski team could hit. But they'd open it to the public every once in a while. And like that huh. was like the like the Hoonigan man line. Like when you were a kid and you could hit Nibora. I, th- I feel like that was the name. It has to be. But like, yeah, that was like, oh, damn, dude, this kid shreds. Was that like the, like, you would do that in preparation to go to Mammoth for a weekend or something? You'd be like, hey, let's yeah, like run yeah, the big much. shit and then, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, yeah. Head, head for something a little bit bigger than, than what's here. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you, do you think like all of the snowboarding stuff helps with the drifting? Like, do you, like the lack of fear? Cause like, I really absolutely. think that's what, that's what helps yeah, guys I, no, get to and pro actually, level. Uh, yes, 100%. I, I had a thought this weekend at Long Beach about that Nibora jump. And, and it was, or, or super, super, they had a couple different names for it, but it was like yeah. the legendary jump at Highland when you were a kid. And to hit it, you had to 100%, you had to come off the tow rope, fling yourself off the tow rope, kind of pump into it, and then just like point it for this jump. And as you're rolling up to it, you're like, bail, bail, bail. I don't have enough speed. I don't have enough speed. Something's going to go wrong, bail. Yeah. But then there's just this like F it point where you're like, no, just F it and it'll work out. And like the... 
the over committing things to make things easier. I definitely learned that from snowboarding. And there, there was a point in Long Beach where uh, going from outer one to two, <laughs> you kind of have to rotate behind the guy and in the smoke to get a good push to three without mm-hmm. coming super inside. And like that point, that's a scary point. You don't want to hit them and have like a field Osbo situation or you don't want to clip the wall and wind up uh, in the tires or anything. So there's definitely points where um, you're mid run and you're like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't push that hard. And then you just need to be like, shut up. No, go do it. F it. Send it. Just go. And uh, I think, I think doing all this, work out. well, I mean, you had a pretty nasty bump into two anyways. Um, yeah. You know, exploded a wheel. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think you need to know where that is to like, okay, cool. That was too deep. Like now. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm yeah. aware of what the, the boundary is. Cause I mean, right. most of your practice ones runs went really, really well. And yeah. then I think you just, just pushed a little bit too hard in that one spot. Yeah. But Crashing in three tells you more about how to take one than 10 laps going through one incorrectly. Like hmm. literally um, all, all of the extra distance going into three comes from being shallow on one or two, but usually one, cause you can correct the push to two, but mm-hmm. the distance you are off the wall in one is almost a direct correlation. I feel like to the distance you are over the line on three or past the okay. wall on three. Yeah. Cause there's not a lot of room to shore up there. Cause like if you, if yeah. you scrub a little bit, you're way offline and then you're super yeah. shallow. Yeah, and, and and shallow or online in one, your transition to two is going to be about the same amount of time. So, like, mm. there's not a lot of correction to be done just right there in transition. So, it, it literally is, um, you know, it's it's, a, it's your backswing in the golf. You know, you got to yeah, make sure you <laughs> I, hit the backswing right. Otherwise, you're going to be way the hell off. Are you a golfer? Are you, like... I'm a Do little you, bit of everything, dude, and I, I kind of use a little. I use, I'm, I like making analogies and like. Same. Um, I had a bunch I, of people I, like a bunch of people like. Oh, why did you reference wrestling like three times? And I'm like, I don't well, know. Yeah, like, because, I don't even watch yeah. wrestling, but like, it just made sense at the time, <laughs> right? And that, that's how you get like. I'm not super good at anything, but I'm like pretty good at a lot of things. Josh Love hates it because I I'm really good at like backyard sports, and I think that's just uh, me being a Minnesotan and stuff. But like. Yeah, cornhole, uh, bocce ball. Like, I don't know, if it's in a backyard and involves beer, I'm competitive yeah. in it. But yeah. I do, I take all of that little stuff, like uh, gearing ratios. We talk about like different golf clubs for when we're, you know, trying to figure out gear ratios and stuff for a track because each gear mm. ratio has an arc, like a seven iron, eight iron, nine iron has a little more lift to it or. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's like, yeah, we use different analogies for everything. It just depends on who I'm talking to. And when we, we do classes out here in Oklahoma for full lock drift, but that's a whole nother conversation too. Yeah. Um, that's like the first thing I do when I'm trying to teach someone is kind of, we'll talk to them and figure out what they're into and what they like. Cause I can just spout gibberish at them and it's not going to help at all. But if you're like, you know, Oh, you're a skier. Okay. Well, you know, let's talk about you know, how much you lean versus how much ed- edge digs in that can yeah. compare to angle. And, you know, so it's just kind of, yeah. I think uh, the movie Road Trip, like, has my best analogy of that, where he's like, I can teach anything to anybody. It's just relating it. Like, I can teach a monkey ancient philosophy. I just have to, like, 
I just have to relate it to something I already know. And he, yeah, and he yeah, literally I gotta, teaches I him. I got to know a little bit about bananas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And he literally teaches, like in the movie, teaches him, uh, I think it was ancient philosophy with, uh, with wrestling. Like, he's that's like, funny. okay, so like, Vince McMahon is like Homer. And like, and then that's yeah. how they like end the scene. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. but I, I agree. The Undertaker is Aristotle. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I think that's, that, that is the best way to teach anybody is like you have to be able to correlate because if, if there's nothing that they don't already know now right. it's from scratch but if you can compare it to something they already know then it's it's fairly straightforward yeah, yeah it's crazy how uh yeah just communication is such a good life skill to have in mm-hmm. everything it's, which yeah. which your okay so who is who is your spotter uh emily cole casey's wife okay okay what is that communication like like what do you how do you guys communicate about what you need to change or how well are you doing? Is she like super harsh? Is she like, how does that, um, how does that play out in the headphones? No, honestly, um, I don't know. Yeah, we have our own unique kind of way of doing it. She is more of, she spots more in like the situational awareness of an event. So, okay. um, and we, we've been kind of helping her try to, directly critique my driving as well but most laps i kind of know where i did something wrong or i kind of know like you know maybe she can point out well you could do this a little earlier here might help you or something like that but between the the videos she takes uh, i'm like i can i know where i screw up in case Mm -hmm. you can look at it and be like oh yeah no you screwed up right there but she is so good at being organized with um rules and petitions and timing Uh. and, and she's like the the general manager of race operations for, for like competition. Like she's yeah. so good at um, organizing. You know, I'll be I'll be in line against someone in practice, and then I'll be like, I'll count them out, and I'll be like, okay, I have Holovnia. How's Holovnia doing this weekend? And she'll she'll literally just go, okay, into my Holovnia files. Um, <laughs> he looks good. A couple practice runs, he did this. Not quite reaching out to here, and she can like send me a video of his last run, like while I'm waiting in line. Damn. And so she, it's it's a different, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's different. I guess in battle, she she'll just communicate clearly more what the other person did behind me. Okay. And then, uh, but no, she she she's smart. She knows what to do, but she also understands that um, I know what decisions to make based off of what information I have. So she's just mm-hmm. super good at making sure I have all the information. Like, hey, this guy. You know, miss two or thing. almost zero, but it's not quite a zero. Like, you know, play it as you're going to play it. So, like, what were her notes, I guess, like, after... Like, I want to talk about... Let's get into, the, like, the James Dean thing. Because, like, I think okay. that's really interesting to be second-year pro and then, like, oh, arguably the greatest drifter ever. Like, how... What... I guess, what goes through your head, like, finding out you're pairing up with them and then and then how does the rest of that play out? Um, I knew I was going to pair up with him two months before the event. Okay. We literally, since the, like the day he announced that he was coming back, Mm. I was like, I'm going to be his first battle. I'm going to drive against James Dean. I want it right back. Like the champ's coming back. I'm comfortable in my car. I'm not on a slow tire this year. I, I want it first. And I think Casey was on the phone with him and he mentioned it. He was like, oh, hey, by the way, Dan wants you first at Long Beach. I think he said something. He's like, well, I don't want to send you home right away or something. Yeah. But, um, but no, like mentally, I was literally so prepared because I wanted it. And I, I was like, uh, I, I want beat James Dean on my resume. That, I think that would be so cool. Oh, and, yeah. and then part of me was like, 
if you got a chance to beat James Dean, it's probably going to be the first event in his first battle while he's still kind of buttoning his armor up, getting used to the car. And, like, God, he, need, he needs half a lap to get used to a car. Dude, I feel dude, like, he's like, know, halfway he's like through the first, first run, he's like, okay, I get it, you know? Yeah, his first practice but, lap, I was like, I, I think I, I got a video of it. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I wanted it. I was like, whoever, whoever gets his first battle of the year is going to get a bunch of good media. Like, it's going to be a great battle no matter who gets that opportunity. So I was literally like, I want that opportunity. So on the sim, uh, G, we loaded up. I was in my car, so my dash looks the same. Like everything's mm. the same. He loaded up in a in a in an RTR Mustang with James's new livery on it and stuff. And I literally got visual cues of following that Mustang through Long Beach. And I feel like I manifested it and got him in got him in sixteen. And I was like, dude, this is cool. So I was so I was so ready. There was no nervousness. There was no excitement. It was. Um, I'm, you know, I'm guaranteed a great lead lap. So throw it as yeah. hard as I can in the follow. And I'm guaranteed to get pushed on in the chase. So throw down all I can in the lead. So, and, and that, that was kind of the, the, the team knew that. So Casey and Emily both, Casey said it afterwards, but they were like, in between the two runs, she didn't come on and give me any notes because what are you going to tell me? It, yeah, it's, it's, it's go, it's, James, it's go. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is the time. It's James Dean. You already made 16. It's Long Beach. We can rebuild the car. Like, there's no, you're like, okay, try your best this time. It's just <laughs> understood by everyone there that it's like, all right, time to shine. Go, go for yeah. it. But And I mean, you did. I mean, like, like I said, that was a very honest one more time. Like, I could not. Indeed, yeah. I, you guys yeah, both no, had I very small mistakes. Or, yeah. I went back and, and now rewatching it a couple times. Um, I'm still super happy with the run that I put down. And I was, it's, it's nice that, because everyone's got those runs in them but it's yeah. really hard to pull them out when you want them. Mm -hmm. um, so I was super happy that like, finally I was like, okay, I needed a heater run and I was able to pull out a heater run. But um, no, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I can clean up. Like that first battle, I feel like my proximity wasn't quite there. I was probably a sideways car length behind him most of mm -hmm. the track. I kind of you know, had points where I came in a little bit, but also points where I came in too shallow and... Uh, no, no, it, it, and that just gets me more excited. I want him at Long Beach now too because I see what I can clean up. I'm like, yeah. damn, if that went one more time and I know I have the ability to clean up those little aspects and I just have to do that consistently and and, and that goes for everybody. Dude, I'm excited to run Turk. Yeah. I'm excited to run Osbo. I'm, I'm always excited to run Field and he, oh, he, it's, yeah. Yeah, Stoke, well, I mean, it's, it's it, as you said, like when you have somebody like that, it's, you just know you can you can run him like there's no games there's no yeah there's nothing he's not you don't, you're not going to worry about him like choking halfway through a run or like being slow you're just like no this guy's going to be fast he's going to hit yeah. every mark every time and I just I just have to be better right yeah and uh, yeah that go I mean we have kind of a different mindset going into this too like we're I'm a very competitive person but I don't feel like the other drivers are my competitors. Like we're both there to like show together what we can do at a hundred percent. And the competitive edge in me is like, well, I think I can do better and show better. So I'm not trying to like beat someone. I'm just trying to show off harder a little bit, you know, like, I don't know yeah. show off's the right word, but like, but, yeah. you know, put a show on. So, it, um, no, I know what you mean. I, you're not, yeah. you're not like, there's not, there's not a, like a hatred or anything towards any other driver, but you're like, yeah, I respect yeah, exactly. what you can do. But I'm gonna do better. Like that's that's just yeah. what it is. And, yeah. and 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 that's why we're there. Like literally, 
So when we get these top guys and stuff, it's not a, like, even if we get them in 32, it's not a, oh, shit, we get Turk in 32. Like, it might be an early weekend. It's a, nope, right away, this is what we came here to do. We came here to see how we stack up and drive with the best people in the world. So I get stoked when I get great, I mean, they're all great battles, but I get stoked when I get, like, extra, those top eight guy battles. Yeah, because it's, same thing, you're you just go like it's just okay cool like yeah. i can yeah. i if i'm going to be the best i have to battle the best like that's just right. how it is right right hmm interesting that's a, I, I just yeah i like I, I everybody's got a bit of a different mindset um so i'm trying to understand like where people come from cuz i i know drivers that i've spoken to who are like when i'm in the car that person is my sworn enemy and my job is to humiliate them and i'm like holy shit and i've talked to guys who are like yeah, I just I just drive my game and like whatever happens happens. Like everyone's right. got a bit of a different way of looking at these situations. Yeah. So I yeah. can see I definitely see the cuz I mean there's no one like you really dislike <clears throat> around or anything, but there are definitely yeah. times where you're like yeah, I'm going to humiliate. But it's never I never get yeah. the enemy like I want to I feel like if I started doing that I'd be running through people. Like yeah. or, you know there'd but be a could, lot more aggressive crashes than accidental <laughs> crashes and stuff. But you, you could but be the, like I just want to walk this guy. Like I want to I want to yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want to hit every point and there's still be two car lengths between us. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So where did um where does M spec come from? Like what? Where does um, that name? Where did that so name come that's, from? So that's going to be a better one for Casey. So okay. I, I joined Casey while M Spec Performance was already a thing, and the mm. name literally means nothing. It's cool. They just wanted something that sounded cool, and it does uh, sound cool. I think he started. She started it with a dude named Mitch, and okay. K is for Casey. So they had a capital M and a capital K. So Your they fit. were just coming up with names, and they were like M Spec, like military spec, or like spec racing they're like that sounds cool and it does and it works so, the logo's nice and yeah, yeah. How, so okay so how did you guys meet then so mm-hmm. we met i had a, a 2j swap subaru mm-hmm. way back in the day that needed a wiring harness and no one wanted to touch it because it was just a hodgepodge of bouncing around from other shops and <sighs> a bunch of people recommended him because he was like the go-to wiring guy in denver or one of the go-to wiring guys in denver um and literally, I think, like, the first time I dropped my car off, or I, the first time I showed up there, I just walked in, and they were all hanging out. And it was just a, a couple dudes in a garage. And was, we got along super well and went to eat and hung out. And I was like, oh, these people are my friends. And <laughs> we just started hanging out. And I was like, hey, you guys are good at car stuff. but I need car stuff. So it kind of started <laughs> as that. And then... Uh, yeah, and then we were just homies who wanted to, like, travel and drift. So we were like, well, Pro-Am is, like, a cool way to travel and drift. So we started doing Pro-Am. And then, honestly, I think I kind of got into FD, like, as a spectator after I started driving Pro-Am. I didn't really... Okay. Like, I've, I've never watched, like, I've gone back and rewatched stuff, but I, I never watched, like, back in, like, the Tanner Faust days or anything. Yeah. I was I was always into snowboarding and stuff. So um, they kind of showed me this whole world of drifting and fd and he'd been he'd done pro 2 with casey king before in the past so he kind of knew a route and and a way to go and how to do it or or a general path to take and then we both just were kind of like yeah this is what we want to do let's hook up team up and and go down this road and then now it's been seven years or something like that wow i didn't know it's been that long yeah yeah well i guess yeah from your colorado days so that makes sense yeah. Like timeline wise makes sense. Right. 
but huh. yeah, no. So yeah. And it's just never gone back to how it was before. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally, yeah, my life, I literally like walked into that shop and, and yeah, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And yeah. just like decided right there. And I was like, okay. Yeah, this is this is what I'm going to be obsessed with, like from now yeah. on. Yeah, yep. yeah, I know that. I know that feeling. That was pretty much how I felt about seeing drifting for the first time. I was like, oh, okay, this is my new obsession. Like, yeah, You're like I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna do yeah, everything where have I you can been to- in all my life. Yeah, oh, for exactly. Real. I, I I had a conversation when it when it first happened. Like when I I'd seen it on TV a bunch. I'd watched like FD, but like my first time seeing true drifting was actually the first Grid Life, and Ryan Turk was there in the white streetcar. Same. And I remember standing like next to the track with, with two buddies and I'm like, oh, no, this is, this is my personality now. Like, this is yeah. all I want to do. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. And then, yeah. 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 And, and really since then, it's, that's been the entire goal is like, okay, that's how right. can I be involved with drifting as much as humanly possible without going yeah. broke? Like, <laughs> yeah. How can I let it consume my personal life? How can I, yeah, yeah. get, my, I, I want my phone going off at 4 a.m. with some yeah. drif- drifting related question. Hey, man, my tra- the trailer's broke. Can you come pick me up? Like, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, even, even like the staff at the company now, like I think three of them are drifters. Like, and, and one of them's like gone this weekend and he's texting me updates and stuff. So it's like, and then, you know, last night I was, I was watching Super Drift. And then the night before that, I was watching everybody's vlogs that came out. So I'm like, okay. Like, yeah. My wife's like, you already know what happened. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what happened from Chelsea's point of view or James's yeah, right. point of yeah, view true. or Adam's yeah. point of view. Like, I need to know. I need to, I need to, like, I want to understand why this happened to them. Yeah. And then you have to be, be fully submerged. If yeah. You I have understand to understand it. You have to be fully submerged. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's cool, especially now the way that FD is developing, that you can kind of be a casual fan and it makes it starting to make a little bit more sense. Like, right. I'm trying to get, like, my mom, like, like super supportive mom. Like when the podcast happened, she's like, I'm going to listen to every episode. I'm like, mom, it's not, you, okay. Like, thank you. But like, you're probably not going to get a lot out of this. It's going to be like I, a Portuguese speaking lesson. You're yeah, like, exactly. I don't know what's going on here. And then she was like, she was asking questions about like, oh, so like, what does this mean now? And like, I can see it happening. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Dude, yeah, I love like, the moms. My mom got oh. into it last year too. Oh really? She had uh, she had come into she'd come to one pro two race in in Orlando years ago or something like that. Yeah, and she doesn't like watching because she. Th- I mean, she still doesn't kind of like watching because it's so dangerous. Yeah. Or she thinks it's so dangerous, so it's she'll like close bad. her eyes or pace in the back. But <laughs> she is a mega fan now. She the whole family comes over and they'll do dinners and watch the live stream. And um, she came That's to cool. Irwindale last year, and we went to it's just some breakfast place after Irwindale. And it was Sunday morning, and Ryan Turk was there with his team. Oh, cool. And when we come out, my mom recognized him, and she was like, oh, you're the one with that cute silver car, huh? Or something like that. <laughs> and, I, and I just was like, I love my mom's perspective on this. And she was like, that's the pretty silver car, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that like thousand horsepower monster that eats tires, and I think is like yeah. a... Like, you know, like I view these cars more as like little demons. And she's like, oh, yeah. no, it's just a pretty little silver. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it is, mom. I like that livery he had last year, too. That that silver. It was like industrial thought, yeah, wiper blades great. or something. A little like, silver bullet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looked good. Yeah. He switched up delivery a couple times last year. But yeah. That, that's cool. I want that, <clears throat> Like, he switch a whole different color every round. Um, he, he did that with the, um, 
the FRS or whatever it was one year, yeah. like he did a new livery because there was like the green and white one for O'Reilly's, and then he had the Rainex one, and then he had. I'm right. almost positive he did a year of that because there like, was. I can't remember who it was. It was in a S14, a Canadian dude. Oh, Sebastian oh, yeah, something? Sebastian Gautier. Yeah, yeah, every Gautier. round. Yeah, he did every he round. Did that. He like came out with color. like a different highlighter color every round. Dude, so Quebec, Quebec, or Quebec drifting like that's Quebec, yeah. Quebec. That's how they are though. Is like everything is crazy over the top. Everything's super bright. All the cars are insanely loud. Like that's the style of that region. Like, yeah. Um, even it's so. I think it was at Irwindale that year. He was he was all packed up, and we were in the pits, and we were like hanging out. And I was with Riley, and uh, he's like, "Oh, he's like, I think that's Sebastian's rig." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." He's like, "Watch this. I bet you it has like the craziest Jake break you've ever heard." Sure enough, he lets off the thong, just like, and like through that's the funny. pits, he's doing it. But like that's that is the style of that region. Is like all the cars are wild liveries, super bright, crazy yeah. loud. Like it's, but it's like. It verges on obnoxious, but it's everything is so obnoxious that like it kind of brings the levels like oh this is the acceptable level of obnoxious here, and Wild, it's so yeah. it's so cool to watch though. You go watch Quebec drifting, and they're insane. Um, Neat. Yeah, I've got buddies who who drive there, and I've got like a group chat of friends that are all like Quebec drifters, and yeah, like send me photos. That's cool. of the I car. just know I really just know Tommy, my my film crew, my uh, my photographer and videographer from uh, Canada's. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Has he has he taught you any like French French swearing yet? Dude, he has, and I forget all of it. <laughs> Dude, I, I, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder if I have to I, I, that. <laughs> I always ask him just how he says French words in French. I'm like, oh like how do you how do you guys say like menage à trois in French? And he's like, you, you know, like, like menage à trois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. And I get a kick out of it. He's like, You're dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got a pretty he, if I remember correctly, he's got a pretty thick accent too. Oh so, I mean, yeah, yeah, both of them do. Yeah, every yeah, time every wild, time I see him, dude, I'll, funny guys. I'll say something in French to them every time I see them, and then they're like, "Ah, Sick. it's the other Canadian." And I was like, "Yeah, what's oh, up? that's right, I forgot." They were so stoked at Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every once in a yeah. while, I'll, I'll throw, I'll like scream something in French, and like I know nobody else <laughs> in the crowd's gonna know what I'm saying. So, right. Uh, so, is there is there like a particular style in Oklahoma right now? Like, is there anything that's going on in your area? I mean, we can talk about. I mean, you're no, involved. No, honestly, too, I would say. There's a couple dudes here who are doing some really cool stuff. Um, I mean, like everyone's doing their own cool thing. The fact that yeah, they're doing it is cool. But there, there's like a couple crews that are doing like the kind of matching liveries with low power cars, like uh, mm. some final bout kind of style things. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of that, but I would say for the most part, Oklahoma is still kind of in the in the we're just making sure our cars work and we can get to the track state. Um, yeah, not that not that like their their driving skills are behind or anything. It just kind of seems like the the overall scene here is is pretty ten years ago or something. So okay, and, but that's part of why me and Robert are, have teamed up with Mike this year to try to make events feel more I don't know updated. Well, I mean it it happens, right? You're kind of that middle of the country where like you know northern. Northern, they kind of have the snow that they can practice in. So there's like a bit of driver development that happens there. The Northwest, you yeah. get the rainy where like you, you can get a lot of seat time without wearing tires. And then you get into Florida, California, where it's like, oh, I can just drive all year. Whereas like the middle of the country, there's nothing, <clears throat> there's nothing particular to like set off driving there, right? Yeah. Like there's yeah, nothing no, totally. that's like, 
a thing that you can latch onto other than right. like like yeah, I kind of wonder yeah, like where where do they start when they pop up in the middle of the country? Is it someone who was living at a place that had a car scene, moved here and kind of like started yeah. sparking it? Or was it with the internet? I mean, probably, you know, more so the internet and stuff. But, but you still have to have somebody to like organize it, right? Like there has to be right. someone with enough knowledge to be like, okay, I think, I think you're, I think you're right with like, you know, the stereotypical made for TV movie moment where it's like boy from California has to move to Oklahoma to be with his stepdad or something. And he brings drifting and gets this group of misfits. Like I've, I really right. feel like that's, Kind of what happened. I'd watch that movie. That'd be hundred percent. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm like, no, because I mean, there's a big scene in Texas. You know, like Lone Lone Star is huge down there. So I mean, that pulls in. I used to drive from Colorado to drive in Texas for Lone Star. So I mean, like, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of people who were into it in Oklahoma before there was anything organized here, and they probably you know would make the three hour drive down to Texas for whatever. But I think my buddy Ben Craft. Drives in Oklahoma. Uh, Call Matrix. He's got a YouTube familiar. channel. Yeah, he's got a. Oh man, he's got a like a five three S chassis, red S chassis, which I mean means nothing. But I'm almost what, positive. Like, yeah, I haven't talked to him in all a while. So I feel bad down here. Yeah, at least you yeah. guys can have them. I mean, here in Canada, they just rot out. So like, yeah, the, fair. The rust yeah. is brutal. The the LS, and I guess I don't know. Maybe the the progression of the sport in areas too is like. I mean, it's almost like the trickle-down economics, but for car parts. Mm. Like, just a lot of people at the grassroots level aren't buying brand-new Wisefab kits and stuff. They're buying cut knuckles or parts of other kits that, you know, someone, well, this PBM arm is slightly bent, but it's not broken, and people, you know. Yeah. So, I feel, yeah, maybe because there hasn't been a giant drifting presence around here, there's, like, also just not knowledge and parts and... Um, but I mean, it yes, takes it, it takes something like you and Casey to to make that happen, though. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, there was kind of an explosion in last year. Within the last two years, there was no FD drivers who lived in Oklahoma, or uh, mm-hmm. I guess Nick ran Pro Two way back in the day or something. But okay, um, now there's seven of us that live here, like out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. it's uh, me, Casey, Robert Thorne, Josh Love. Um, Jack Davis, and right. then two people who won their license last year, and okay. are going to be in prospect this year. Hmm. So there's like a there's a good we got a good base of a community for higher I level mean, driving. Those starting. are those, I mean those are all shredders too, which is the crazy part. Yeah. It's not it's not like you know like oh these are guys who like kind of came in and left. It's like no Robert Thorne is kind in my mind like very reminiscent of like what Rome did, where it's like yeah comes in just. No, I'm good. Like I can, right. I can just run people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, just a monster driver, and then he's like, "Oh, you guys also drive with no traction over here." So he's like, he yeah. just moved his whole driving package, like mental package, into here, and he's like, "I'll yeah. just do the same thing I've been doing for years. I'll just kind of slide let it. the tail, yeah, come, come out, out a little, little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like more slip angle than like what I should have, and I'll just right make a career yeah. out of that. Yep. <laughs> But yeah. it's funny to see those dudes who were like super good and super successful at grip racing. Like just, I think you know, he started at a smaller event, but the, he mm. made that decision to like stop and commit everything to drifting like immediately. Like he, mm. he, he had shops and cars and he still does, but like he literally was just like, this is way more fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just pop into here. I'm going to take all my resources, move everything to here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys are doing over there, but you guys didn't realize how fun this shit is. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, and and that's the crazy thing too is like drifting is expensive, but in the grand scheme of like an IMSA or a GT series or anything, it's so minuscule cost wise. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the yeah, the our, amount our of whole season costs one like you know trophy truck race. Yeah, yeah. I I saw a report which was like the cost of catering for a NASCAR team, and then I'm like, oh, that's like some people's entire FD budget. Yeah, like, like eighty grand or eighty grand a year, or something, or eighty grand an event. Yeah, an, an event. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know drivers that that's what they spend. I know drivers who spend oh, less yeah. than that on a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a few. That yeah. Yeah, quite a few. But so what's I guess, uh, like how do you how do you fund this? If you don't mind me asking, I mean you obviously um, don't mind some questions. Like how do you yeah, how did no, you figure I, uh, this out? Yeah, just some some savings. I bought. I mean, a bunch of little stuff. Uh, okay. I think. Um, Casey, Casey is a madman and Casey does a really good job at getting us parts, uh, in exchange for like research and develop like R and D stuff. Like he works right. with, um, some other little companies. He's, he's just, I don't even know how to he's a mad that scientist. Better, yeah. He's a mad scientist. And, and there, there is value to working with him on parts. And as far as like finding weak spots and stuff, I break a whole ton of stuff. So I'm good <laughs> at that. So, um, so like the actual cost, um, is coming down for us. We're, I feel like we're getting super close to like a breaking even point. Okay. Um, but yeah, in the past, it's just a, a whole bunch of little stuff. Um, rental property in Colorado. I, I bought a house before um, like recreational was recreational was legal there. So Oh, gotcha. Uh, so that was like a really good time. I'm actually just selling that now. But okay. uh, yeah, Tesla stock. I had some Tesla stock that did good and I pulled that out and that covered almost like a quarter of a season by itself. Hmm. Um, just, yeah, random stuff. We're, we're going to just, just yeah, digging. Full lock and drift endeavor, um, selling yeah. tires, flipping cars. Just everything. Yeah. Just, just everything. Yeah. The anything goal of like, do. I need to pay for this. So I'm just going to find ways to pay for this. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. What, what do you do for a living? This is it. So this is like yeah. pretty much full time, huh? Pretty much, yeah. Huh? Okay. I'm always like, I'm always like, we used to play a game when I first got into like FD stuff, which is like, how how do I afford this? Like, how does this guy afford this? How does this guy afford this? Like, you know, because like, I don't want to like give up everybody's jam because I'm trying to like, you know, it's pretty obvious how you know like an Osbo affords this, and now like a Ryan Turk or or you know a Vaughn, but it's right. I think I think it's the the guys that are lower that like. There's always people like, oh, you're an FD driver. You must make like a bunch of money. I'm like, no, most of these guys are like incredibly in debt or like just trying to get by. And then you get yeah. some guys who are like, no, like I'm good with my money, but like it's still expensive and right. I have to do these things to, to pay for that. So I, that's, right. I was just curious, like how, you know, it sounds yeah. like just I mean, a mix uh, yeah, of a lot of just, things. Yeah, a little bit of, uh, quite a bit of self-funding. And then also um, like the shop we had in Denver, just M-Spec performance with what it did. Yeah. Um, and working on so many cars, there's just always good opportunities where people are changing their setups and they're, you know, like th that's how Casey funded like all of his driving is, you know, he's upgrading this guy's setup. He said, give me this turbo and I'll yeah. call it even. So Casey takes that and flips this and he's always making little moves. And while this guy has a trans for sale over here, you bolt it with this you know, uh, this yeah. thing. He wants over. like 300 bucks, but if I bolt it to this, it's actually worth like four grand now. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's got pallets of drive shafts that are laying around that I think just look like garbage. But he's like, well, no, like each one of those is 400 bucks. And he's got like 18 <laughs> of them. So I'm like, well, okay. Like, yeah. it looks like just a pile of trash. Get it out of here. And he's like, well, one day that's going to be worth something. And 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but, yeah, you, I bought it. Yeah. Buying cars, I, dude. But, um, importing cars when they were super cheap before COVID. Like, yeah. I got an S15 and an R32 for 20 grand a piece. And like, they're both like one of them's worth Jesus. 50 something now. And like, you're like, cool. Um, sell that, pay for a good chunk of the season. And yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I just, I, like I said, I just, I'm always curious how everybody gets to where they are. I mean, um, yeah, it's just cool to, cool to kind of understand. That's all. Are you an FD fan who attends live events? Well, right now, for the podcast listeners only, we're offering $5 off each ticket purchased on Formula Drift website by using FD Podcast when you check out. That is FD Podcast. I don't know if you need to capital the FD, but try it either way. So head over to formuladrift.com, pick up the tickets, then enter code FD Podcast, get $5 off all eight events this year. It's our 20th season. Head over. If you're going, save five bucks. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, like off the fight. Let's. I mean, let's get into the full lock drift stuff because I think that's that's really neat too. What you're doing, you just just put out a post, um, and obviously I've got some involvement with that. I didn't realize like what you were doing when you asked me to to help you out with that. I didn't like, either. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I just like I was in the truck on the way back from Long Beach, and uh, the, like all that that whole that whole thing was a one day thing. I, I had the idea. I called some people, I executed it. And then yeah. it took me longer to make that video in one take than it did to like get all these people on board. Um, but I was well, just like, no, I, I was like, dude, how it took a while to figure out even at the most base level kind of how sponsorships work. And it's more, mm -hmm. and you know, besides just putting a sticker on a car and getting free stuff and thinking, Oh wow. You know, that's race car stuff now. Like, <laughs> like, uh, it, and I don't know. I just wanted a a way to, I wanted a way to just like give you a a sponsor as a as a yeah. prize, like you know, or, or a, your first sponsor moving into FD. Just give you a little bit of knowledge. And I was like, how can I do that with the limited bit of knowledge that I have? Because I'm still learning how this stuff works. I have no mm -hmm. idea how like Papadakis, like I. I don't I mean, know how they make that's that kind years of money. Of relationships, I, I, right? Like, yeah, that's... I, I get that he has the knowledge to do these kinds of things, but like working, working your way into those situations and stuff is such a a, a huge, crazy thing. Like it, mm -hmm. that's so impressive. I feel like, but it used to it used to scare me in pro am even calling up companies to like ask for products or to ask to do you know like a project together or anything. Yeah, and it took a while to just realize that all the people on the other end of the phone are just like homies talking like yeah, this and you can just call them. And as long as you work. have like yeah. a, a well laid out plan, like it's not intimidating. And, um, but yeah, I, I just had that weird thought and I wanted to wrap it all up into one package. And so I, uh, I called you and I called Koenig and then, um, later that day I called daily driver media. Yep. And I was like, this is cool. We can all team up and we can just do one little sponsorship mm -hmm. project together for the winner. So like, and doing it with them to show them kind of generally how it works. Yeah. And I, and I think to like, I guess, explain to, to people who didn't see the video, if you get a chance, go, go take a look at it. But like, essentially it's like, was it first, first place or like top three? I can't remember. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's just first place. We're giving away one guaranteed license. So yeah. it's a, a guaranteed spot in the 2024 series, the 2024 year. So there's no waiting lines or approval process or anything. It's just yeah. a guaranteed spot. Uh, and then 
it starts with you. The first project that we, or the first project that they're going to have is a one hour session with you, and, and yep. you're going to give them your whole rundown on on kind of what I just mentioned, the, the whole basics of, of sponsorship sponsor. opportunities and how to build projects, or you know how to come up with creative ideas and how to mm-hmm. execute on those. And then uh, after that, Koenig, uh, because Koenig, they get all kinds of sponsorship like applications all the time. And I, I noticed online that Scott is always doing little tidbits to help he's, you he's build really better packages that. and stuff. So um, so they want more professional applications coming in anyway. So it's a win for them. So it's like, hey, you're going to get all these people who don't, may, don't maybe quite know what to do for this. Mm-hmm. So here's one that we are teaching how to do. Will you guys work with these guys? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. You want to bring us a driver who's going to... <laughs> you know, help Have promote coaching. us like in yeah, exactly. like yeah, it's it's a no brainer. So they were on board, and then Daily Driver Media, um, they they loved that they could give back to it. So they're going to cover uh, your first event in 2024. All your video coverage. It's going to be a couple reels, some raw footage. Uh, he's going to coordinate with some photographers to get you some photos. Put that all in a nice Dropbox for you. So that's part of the package that you'll give back to Koenig is is all your sponsor, all your uh, your weekend content. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yeah, so everybody wins. I was like, it's not often you can come up with these cool little projects where literally everyone, you know, everybody wins. Daily Driver Media gets a, a new potential customer for the rest yeah. of the year. The driver gets to be prepared moving up into pro spec. Obviously, they're prepared on a driving level because they won first yeah. place, but there's so much more to it. Um, FD wants drivers coming in who you know, understand how things work a little bit and can take care of themselves so they don't have to go back to FD and like complain for more prize money, you know? When, well, it gives it, it gives they, it longevity too, right? Like that was yeah, yeah. kind of how I got into that was like, I was, um, you know, I mean, what I do for a living is marketing for automotive brands. So it's like, I was tired of dealing with really bad sponsorship proposals where I'm like, I know you're an incredible driver and I know you could do a lot for this brand, but I can't go to a brand and hand them this piece of paper and say this is a good idea because it looks yeah. terrible and the information's right. wrong. And like, yeah. I got and that so was frustrated me, dude. with that. I think like that was, uh, I think I more, I would have come up with that bad sponsorship proposal and I yeah. just wouldn't have sent it out because I realized how bad it was. And like, and that's a intimidating thing. And like, I'm, yeah, I don't want well, new drivers to have to struggle with that too. It's already such a, like a overwhelming thing coming into FD and, you don't even realize where you have to drop the tires off to go get your tires changed. You don't know yeah. what the order form looks like for ordering tires. You you don't learn about the deadline for ordering tires until or the deadline for ordering tires. You know, th- yeah. they're better at that than than yeah. Uh, but than you I'm still saying, but but like that, those are all the things within professional driving that like you don't get taught. You're just expected to know along yeah. with sponsorship yeah. and, and marketing and, 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 and uh, yeah yeah. I, it's it's almost like. Yeah, what's taught or what drivers are expecting is to is is all on track stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest part. And that's why yeah. you guys are all here because you know how to do on track stuff. But there's a whole universe of there's a whole world of of how to not piss Andy Luck off. So there should <laughs> there should be a class moving into Pro Two or Pro Spec of of just how not to piss off Andy. So like there's so much other yeah. stuff that you need to be prepared for. And the the quicker you get that stuff settled and the quicker you're prepared in every other aspect, coordinating when your team lunch is, like on practice yeah, days, like that's difficult. Food. Just yeah, getting, getting food, food to the track. Different. So you, you got to get all that stuff handled so then you can go back and be like, okay, 
now I can drive. Now I can do what I came here to do. Now I can do what I know how to do. And yeah. I, I've always thought that like, if you're going to drive an FD, you should work for a team for like bare minimum of one round. Like absolute bare minimum. If you could do a full season, that would be perfect. But like two, three, four rounds would be even better. But yeah, there's all of this stuff that like you, even weird little stuff like getting to the track early enough to get in your suit and go to a driver's meeting. Right. Because, and then, and then you're out of that driver's meeting, you're immediately into the car. Like there's no, right. yeah. and then, yeah, if you, you know. If your team's not ready to have that thing, you know, trans and diff warmed up, waiting yeah. in line, like, yeah. You know, heading to hot pits, like, you know, how do you stage a hot pit correctly so you have the parts that you can actually need? Because if you have a five-minute timeout, you can't wheel half your shit back to main For pits. real. Like, For real. Just, just you know, or or having your spare parts already with the same alignment that your car has. So you're not having to align your car if you blow a control arm. It's like, For no, real. we just unbolt this, bolt everything back up, and we're done. Like, yeah, it's it's all that stuff that, like, ruins good drivers because they don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. Right? It just takes up all the bandwidth you have for the weekend. You can only, yeah. you can only have so much energy to get you through. And they're long weekends, dude, especially dude. The, the ones that we're doing with Pro and Prospect because Casey helps on my, on my pro team before he hops in the car as a Prospect driver. And I, mm -hmm. I help him, you know, before I hop in the car. And it is, it is a lot. You are drained at the end of the day. Like Utah, we started before the sun was up. We started yeah. at like I don't know, six o'clock a.m. We were on grid or something like that, and then there was like a ten thirty p.m. drivers meeting that night, and the whole the whole team is pulling these double headers and stuff. And it is, yeah. There's there's only so much brain power that you can have through before you're just done. Yeah. And after the weekend, even like when my wife tries to talk to me in the semi truck after a weekend, I'm just staring at the road, driving the trailer home, and like. She's like, you don't even listen to me. I'm like, no, I, <laughs> I have nothing left up here, man. I'm muck. I need a couple days. It's it's rough. I mean, I and I, obviously I'm not a I'm not a driver. Like I, I've I've thankfully been in FD in a couple different spots now, and it's like even still, still yeah, you're still part of the circus. You still get it's it. The travel overwhelming. days, the hot, the, the parking well, and, lot, the and shitty the food. food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just trying not to eat like a bag of shit is yeah. is so hard. I know, like, and especially with Frito pies at every food truck, uh, dude. I'm so I tempted. Dude, I I came back. I think I was gone for two weeks because I had to go to South Carolina for a week for a work thing, and then to um, to Long Beach right after. And I was probably up like twelve pounds over two weeks. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, I normally I eat fairly healthy. I, I stick with like a pretty like keto high protein diet, like. You know, that's that's how I feel the best. Argue about that all you want in the comments, but like that's what I've enjoyed. That's how I know yeah. I can control my eating. But goddamn, I get on the I get on the road and I'm just like, ah, Chick-fil-A. And like, especially because a lot of these like fast foods are not around for me. I yeah. work from home, yeah, I work right. in the office, right? So I'm like, oh, I can have US Taco Bell. I can go to, you know, Whataburger in Texas. I can go like Dude, <laughs> gas it's rough. stations. It's hard. When I see, when I find a truck stop that has like turkey legs and meatloaf and like some good, like dude, Southern truck stops sometimes dude, will have some, some yeah. of those little buffet things in there. Oh, I'll, I will mow down on some of those, but no, I find my, yeah, that's a whole, that's another part of the universe is, is locking down your, like converting your personal habits at home to work on the road. Yeah. And, and yeah, I have an appreciation for people still like, like Adam LZ. I'm mostly impressed with how damn clear his skin is all the time. <laughs> but are you kidding me, dude? Like, 
I mean, maybe he, he does. He does fly in and stuff, so he's not like three days of a of but truck stop food going into it and three days of. But I break out, dude. Several after the weekend, I get these big old nasty pimples from all the greasy food I've had on the road, and like, yeah, I, I, I Dan Chow, Matt Fields' team, yeah, Dan Chow has his. Food, like I'm more impressed with their food setup in the pit than I am with like their new big trailer and awning, dude. Dan Chow has it down. He's got fryers and grills and a little griddle over here. Yeah. And he's got like a prep. He's got station. a bocce going. Yeah, dude, he's whipping up homemade. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like it's Thanksgiving good. after an event. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I brought the I brought the Blackstone last year. Oh, and nice. It's nice. I liked having the Blackstone. It made it made cooking really easy. I feel like we we did a lot of walking tacos, which still is kind of a greasy. Do you know yeah. what a walking taco is? Yeah, it's like a Frito Frito pie, basically, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I yeah. the my my Canadians, my uh, my filmers and stuff, they never had a walking taco. <laughs> it's and definitely a like, U.S. thing. What is this? A walking taco? They were like, <laughs> they lost their mind, dude. They went back to to Quebec and they were like. Yeah. Telling all their friends about it and they were trying to make versions of it. And like have they made you uh have they made you a proper poutine yet? Dude, I don't know. See, from Minnesota, <laughs> I always thought poutine was French fries, uh, gravy, like cheese curds on there, a little bit of stuff. And they said they've never heard of gravy on poutine. They didn't it's, even know what gravy was. They were like, so- You mean like gray sauce? So it's like a particular type of quote unquote gravy that you make poutine with. Like it's okay. you can make like you can make like, you know, non Quebec poutine with with like a beef gravy, but the one they have okay. is like it almost looks red. It's Weird. it's and it's a lot thinner and but goddamn it's good. It's so No, I've never I guess I've never had a real get, poutine. I've had ask some them, ask them Americanized like, Minnesota poutine. Yeah. Ask them to bring you there's a canned poutine sauce that you can bring. And then like they, they can like I'll see if I can bring some for you, but I'm a, they can yeah, get it from Quebec, like, and it's like a canned sauce, and you just you warm it up, like you can just boil the whole can, crack it open, what? pour it over top. Oh yeah, um, but it's Dude, hard because like, easy trackside meal. Yeah, you should do that. Like yeah. you know, just fry up some, get some French fries. You know, for right. eighteen dollars at a fry truck. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yep. Dude, we 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 had a new videographer this year, and. Uh, it is his first FD. He was Long Beach and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'll make sure to like, you know, go grab lunch and stuff like that. And he comes back. I told him like, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll cover it. Comes back. He's yeah. like, it's $34 for a sandwich and a drink. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this is insane. I'm like, yeah. And that's US dollars. Uh, like, you know, like imagine what oh, that yeah, cost me yeah, back yeah. in Canada. It's a $50 lunch for like a terrible sandwich and a drink. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. We were struggling at Long Beach, but Kiki pulled off a good move. Um, okay. I was, I was just planning on doing DoorDash. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't realize that they closed the street down for part of the track. Yeah. <laughs> so to get your DoorDash, they had to walk like five miles up and over and out of the event to meet the DoorDash oh. people. So I was like, damn. So I was like about ready to go do like a, a temporary sponsorship with one of these food trucks and be like, hey, man, I got to feed my team. I know those hot dogs were a dollar. Like mm-hmm. I'll come as soon as I get knocked out of competition, I'll come park my car right next to your food truck. So then uh, people are going to wait in a 40 minute line. They're probably going to want to wait next to the car to the they can car. look at and poke around and stuff. So I was like, you hook me up with some hot dogs. I'll put, I'll come park my car here for the rest of the night. But I didn't get time to go over there, but Kiki uh, went over there and she's just the nicest. She just put on a nice little sweet face and she was like, we're a team. 
we can't get food like delivered. Like, <laughs> would you guys help us out? We need twelve hot dogs in two hours. She like pre-ordered them, so they like, they hooked it up on the hot dogs and Damn. had them all ready and ready to go. So she came back, slapped some big old doggies on the table. So as a as a a fellow uh, husband of a spooky wife, as we call it, yeah. what what is what is the spookiest thing? You, what is the weirdest thing you have at your house? Oh. Uh, uh, sheep brain. Okay, yeah, she goes. She, she's got a, some her. wet, uh, wet specimen of a sheep brain. Um, Damn, a, a couple epoxy little skeletons and stuff. I feel like that's okay. not too out there, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. sheep brain. She loves her Star Wars stuff too. So I'm like looking oh. at this really cool pancake mixer we have, but it's a lightsaber pancake mixer. Okay. So she's got some she's got some neat little nerdy stuff like that See, too. My wife went down the Harry Potter route of the spookiness. Mm. So like we have okay. we have a we have like two stand mixers in our house. Um because my wife comes from like pastry and they're both like covered in Harry Potter decals. So like that's one's funny. like a Slytherin mixer. Yeah. That's my oh I just so that's Casey's Casey's wife is the Harry Potter girl. She's nuts okay. about that. Um <laughs> and I just realized I'm gonna start calling her my Harry Spotter. Wow, that, oh that sounds no, that sounds weird. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, I like but it though. No, we can, we can yeah, work shop this a bit. She's got Harry Potter sleeve tattoos yeah. and like, yeah, she she's about it. Yeah, but, my wife's yeah, got it. Kiki's the Star Wars one. Actually, I think she started Harry Potter last night. I got her into Lord of the Rings. She was oh. so anti Lord of the Rings because she's such a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, she, she feel like she felt like she'd like be betraying them or something like that. So she, she wouldn't even that, give it a try. Did she pulled the Clerks and, reference where it's like, oh great, it's three movies of people walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> Why didn't you take the giant birds, dude? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That was a good. That was actually really good. That was a good impression. Yeah, uh, they, but yeah, um, but no. She yeah, she's so into it now. She she watched them all start to finish in the span okay. of like two days, which is pretty impressive. Just sit down and knock that out. That's a grind. Then, uh, she she did all the Hobbit movies, and she was less of a fan of the Hobbit movies. I liked the Hobbit ones, but. I, mm. See, I'm, a star, I'm not. A, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings. I'm definitely Star Wars. I I side with Kiki. Yeah. Like Mandalorian this year has been incredible. So yeah, like, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I'm yeah. gonna go back and and roll. I haven't watched Bad Batch yet, but that's next. Not that, that I, I haven't, haven't done that one, but, And yeah. you've, you've seen like the the Obi, yeah, the Obi oh, yeah. ones and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I've been been through all those. I just I haven't done the animated series yet. Um, I try and do that stuff on planes because it's like. I try to use flights as my decompression time. Like I know a lot of people work and I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I get very little decompression time with everything I have on it's the boat. It's hard to so decompress like, when you're like sat up like this, like squished in between people. And Yeah. 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 I've, I, I, it's, I, I always ask people who fly a lot, like, can you give me some like tips and tricks about like upgrades and things like that? So I've got a pretty good system down now of like, how to get the seat I want without paying extra and like mm. how to work your way into some upgrades and like what, you know, like we fly a lot of Delta, but that's like, I fly I to Delta, Detroit. dude, those Biscoffs. I just right? the Biscoffs. I know, yeah. I know. That's usually how I break my diet is like, I'll get on a Delta plane and like, they'll, they'll be like, hey, what would you like? I'm like, I'll have a cookie. And they're like, and a coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, you know me. So. You know it. <laughs> dude, it used to be, it used to be $79 to upgrade to first class on Delta. Mm-hmm. And I would do it every time because the drinks were like twelve or fifteen bucks. Yeah. So if you and get, then the luggage, a, a you get free snack luggage. box and two drinks, you just like you yeah. just paid for your your upgrade. So I just yeah upgrade for seventy five for seventy nine bucks and then Not get a little tipsy though. on the flight, eat like nine Biscoff cookies, and <laughs> it was a good one. 
Yeah. But hey, about the okay, about the the Mandalorian. Okay. I in one of the recent episodes, like going back two episodes, I had one big problem, and it was when when the the Mandalorian people are in mm-hmm. when they're in their little cave hiding spot, and that big snapper turtle comes out. Right. And they're all like trying to fight this snapper turtle. It was just a big turtle. It didn't have any like superpowers or anything. And they were yeah. shooting it like it ate like nine of them. And they're so badass in every other battle. And they take down like skyscraper tall <laughs> monsters and stuff. And then it's like, oh no, big turtle. Like <laughs> and they're so, just all just get- I know. I mean, my my argument to that is like you have to remember like it's a rebuilding of this culture. So there's a lot of like younglings that are there. So like I bet yeah, you the ones that true. died are like you know, the ones that are, like, not as trained. But then when they go to, like, do the big battles, that's the older, more experienced ones. So, like, maybe? I don't know. I'm yeah, really defending, guess, I'm defending that, it. Because they had that dude with, like, the big turret blaster, and he's got, yeah. like, that big giant guy. But then also, like, a big bird took his kid. So he's not... That he, badass. I don't know, maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe he's carrying he a lot of weight. Yeah, he's not that guy, pal. He's just not that guy. He's just not that guy. I mean, like, but, yeah. as, as you said, I mean, Lord of the Rings wanted to take the bird, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> they fly in at the end and rescue stuff, them. Dude. I know, right? I know. There's so many plot holes, like of all the <laughs> movies, every, though. Right. Yeah, all the movies. Yeah, stormtroopers. Like you know, one hits his head. It's like, well, if they're all clones, then like, shouldn't they be the same height? Like, why would one be taller? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, I never thought about that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. We upset. I'm. I know we're upsetting people, which I'm okay. I'm okay with upsetting <laughs> oh, yeah, people right. on this front. Like. I'm actively trying not to like stir the pot too much on the drifting front, but like Star Wars lore and stuff. Come at yeah. me. Like, let's go. You put your silica gel packets in the bowl before or after your milk. <laughs> that, that, that's one that'll get people upset, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's yeah. good. It took me a second. Like, what the hell is he You're talking like, wait, about? Wait, what? Yeah. I'm like, man, yeah, do you not should, eat on all yeah, of them. Yeah, you should probably get, look, you should probably go to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. yeah if you're yeah, eating all real. of those. Oh. Yeah. Any so any, any 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 like other I think I don't want to like spoil anything. Are you guys working on any cars or anything else coming up or any um I mean yeah, we're we're uh we're kind of starting to I guess we're about to be starting the 2024 car. Okay. Um I had a S15 street car that ended up on one of those contraband lists. So I was like, "Well, that sucks. I can't drive it anymore." <laughs> Straight out but of Florida. That makes perfect race car. So I wanted it to be my original pro car. Casey mm-hmm. wouldn't cut it up because it was like a perfectly clean type R uh, and, uh, or spec R. Spec and R, yeah. So now now there's no other option. So we're about to be cutting that thing up. Uh, we're doing a bunch of cool stuff with ECU Masters. So that thing's going to be fully decked out in ECU Master stuff. Damn. Um, no, that that's really about it. We were going to do Super Drift, but I wanted to get back and I, I put the hurt on the car a little bit. So I wanted to get it fully dialed for Atlanta. Uh, I, I feel like I had a good mindset change after getting that one more time with Dean. And I was like, okay, well, shit, maybe I should, you know, not take this more seriously because I I, uh, I drive poorly when I take it too seriously. But I, I mm. need to change my mindset in a little bit that like I could I could stay up here in the top 10 of points running this year. So I want to get the car back here, get it dialed, uh, do a little bit of testing on the 285 and bring nitrous back in for atlanta we we yeah. kept it off the car just to save some weight on the 255 for long beach oh but, that's um, a good no, call. get casey's car ready for prospect do some stuff like that and uh enjoy enjoy a little bit of somewhat time off in the middle of two two events which is neat to have yeah it's gonna be what is it? it's like atlanta a week off and then florida right after 
Um, yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. I'm debating staying down there, but I don't I think I don't so know. too. I'm, I'm going to leave the semi down there, but yeah. Well, you might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll come cuddle Go with park. Rad Dan or something. I was just going to say park it at Rad Dan's, right? Like, yeah. Yep. Used to be I'm, like I'm the sure he's, he's already got nine people with, with, you know, big old trailers. Yeah. But I mean, it's between that and the LZ compound. I think that's where like half the rigs are going to be stored. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> right. I don't know if anybody else major. I mean, I'm sure there's other guys down there that could store it, but uh, that's Ben Hobson's in the area. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Miles is down there. Right. He's going to quite a few guys. Too. Hey, if you guys are watching, I need a place for the trailer. I think Rad <laughs> Dan already told Casey we were cool to park it down there, but I also yeah. need a place to park me. <laughs> if anyone wants to hang out for a week or two, let me know. I, I know a couple of guys are, are sticking around. I think a couple of the international guys are sticking around. Um, yeah. That's why I'm kind of like, and the, and the hard part for me is like, I still have work to do. Like I, I, yeah. like I have so many, I, I have so many meetings and I hate taking them on the road as weird as that sounds. I like my like yeah. big, my big setup with all my TVs and stuff. And then everything's like, nice and easy from yeah. home base. Yeah. And then I like get to a hotel room and like flip up my little laptop and I got one screen and I'm like, ah, <laughs> instantly frustrated. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I like living, I like being on the road, but like there's, there is no place like home. That's for sure. Right. Where are you based out of? Uh, so I live in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. So I live okay. like, I can see Detroit from my house. Like that's how oh, close. Sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like I'm right, right on the border. So nice. uh, for me, it's, I mean, part of the reason we moved down here is just for travel. My wife's family's from here, uh, but it makes it like super easy for me to cross the border because doing it at an airport is a bit of a pain in the ass. Whereas yeah. doing it, so doing just it online. To, drive to Detroit and then fly yes. out of Detroit. 35 mm-hmm. minute drive to the airport for me. Sick. Yeah, and then I and then I get all like the Canadian benefits of like all my healthcare is free, and then like yeah. I pay, <laughs> yeah, damn. I pay like a one time once a year. I pay like 180 bucks, and then all of my healthcare transfers to the states. So that's wild. If I if I get hurt, all of that yeah. free healthcare is is in the U.S. I basically like show them a little card, and they just bill Canada, and they're Crazy. they're happy about it too because Crazy, like Canada dude. pays full price. So they're like, yeah, like, cool. Yeah, well, do you want another procedure? You want to go for a CAT scan? Like, I know you broke right. your wrist, but like, let's go for a full CT sweep. Like, Wild. yeah, I've only had to use it once, but they they were, they loved it. Like, you want an upgrade TV? And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do the big room. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the Canadian government pays us. cookies, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get first class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the the trade-off. Although, I mean, we've, we're actively looking at moving to the States. So we'll see. Sick. Well, we'll dude, see. Oklahoma is beautiful and cheap <sighs> and hidden gem maybe uh, i shouldn't say that yeah you can on the podcast the, the joe oh, rogan man. effect right like yeah, there's a, yeah there's there. a there's a bunch of racetracks down here like shop space is cheap it's yeah you maybe. don't have to deal with a crazy long winter you can still drive your cars over the winter and they don't use salt down here i was torn nice. i was torn between like outside nashville and then outside charlotte like those were the mm. two spots that i've kind of i haven't gotten to check out nashville recently but i was when i was in south carolina i'm like I could see myself living here. Like I could, yeah. I could see it. Get some so, boots. Yeah, boots. yeah, exactly. Get some boots. boots. Some boots. Get some boots. Yeah. And it was like cool to be like all the the racing culture there was neat. I went and spent some time yeah. at RTR, and like it was like, oh, okay, like this is this I is didn't cool. Realize I thought they were out of Florida for some reason, but I guess no, that's all. no, they're just that's outside just North Florida. Yeah, it's just North, Florida just <laughs> extends like basically yeah, all the way to there. Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, if it's if it's uh, southeast and it's humid, it's it's Florida. It's Florida. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Talking about upsetting a whole bunch of people. There you go. You're yeah, I'm like, sorry. <laughs> the 40 million people. I don't even know. A lot of people. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a fair bit of them. Is there... Just, um, just like a quarter of the country that's down there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think California makes up like the other half of the country. Like just yeah. so much of the population is either in like New York or California. Yep. Yeah. And then there's a few people... New York is just between. East Coast. East Coast, California. Basically, it's California snow. Yeah, yeah, flip, just flip it. Yeah, just flip just it over. Just flip it, yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there any track this year that you like... Is there any track you really enjoy and there's like one that you absolutely hate? Um, no, dude, I don't absolutely hate any of them. I, uh, I feel like Seattle, Seattle is one is probably the one that I'm just like most like impartial to. I just, Seattle is kind of like, yeah, the big bank is cool, but it's almost too drastic of speeds. You got one really, really high speed and then not like a good medium, Mm. anything just to another small speed or whatever. Yeah, um, but no. Besides that, I, I love every track, dude. Irwindale's my favorite. Um, just the as a package, the the vibe, the night vibe. Anything under stadium lights is cooler. Like if Utah mm. was a was a night event, I think you. Which is it this year? Are they bringing in lights, or is there a noise? I don't know. But if Utah noise, was a night event, nearby. that might <laughs> take it because that that one would be super cool. Utah, the views were beautiful. The track is insane. The photos um, were incredible. Yeah, like every the, every photo looks so good. Yeah. 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 You yeah. have a beat-up-ass car, and it still looks great with mountains behind it. Yeah, just it anything looks, nice. looks cool with mountains behind but, it. Yeah, St. Louis. St. Louis was one that I feel like a lot of drivers hated, but I really mm-hmm. liked how, like, I don't even know if technical is the right word. It was just such, like, you, you can't let the car ever flop to angle anywhere. You have to mm-hmm. keep it happy on the balls of its feet at the old St. Louis layout, and mm-hmm. that was tricky, and I liked how tricky it was um but i'm excited we'll see to see like. the new layout they got this year i think That'll it's the cool. same layout just with more room so like okay. it won't be as much of like a like you know kind of a drag race from what is it like outside zone two to outside zone three or something right you know like that kind of u-turn at the end i think is, yeah. is supposed so to be it kind, of, it kind of flows back in Instead of yeah. just being straight, it's it's like a bulkier S as opposed to like right. the the kind of like the the long S yeah. like drawn out one. So I see that. I wish they'd run it backwards, like come off the bank. Like imagine just like I, coming around and initiating up on the bank and then down. I think it would screw it'd be a lot of tie rods, but I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like I I I think that it would be a super violent hit, but then it yeah. also is super similar to Orlando, mm. and that's a violent one, but it's still manageable. So yeah. Speaking, hey, I, I think it'd be crazy coming in fourth gear pinned into a doo, 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 little yeah. two gears shut shut down in a second. Like, Let, can we talk cool. about St. Louis last year? Because like that was yeah, dude, kind of yeah, funny. I'm, I'm, I knew it was going to come out, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I forgot about it until right now. Like it wasn't, yeah, wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> Let's open this can of worms here, dude. Uh, so yeah, what? Obviously, like you got a little spicy coming across the line and booped a Ferrari, but like what? What? How'd that all go down? You just like too stoked at the wheel? So no, dude, not even. Um, oh, I ripped my headphone out here, getting nervous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like Casey said on the live stream, and I actually I didn't talk to Casey in between the crash and his interview. Uh, okay. Besides, besides because we were in grind mode to make sure the car gets back, so I was yeah. telling him what I think is broken and stuff like that. And uh, I had a conversation with. Uh, Federico before the run, like before anything happened, I just went over there and I, and I told him, and I do this to other drivers too. I was like, 
um, hey man, I, I'm on the 255 and I don't have a lot of side bite. So after outer zone one, I kind of park it hard right here. And uh, so just watch out. I, I, I break hard right here. Just expect that. And I do that. Hmm. And he got all, he was super happy that I came over and he was like, why would you tell me that? And I was like, you know, cause I'm trying to put on a good show and, and we were on really good terms and, you know, and that's where Casey got this whole, like we were trying to put on a good show thing. I wasn't trying to tandem with him after the line. So that was just kind of a, um, not on Casey or anything, but he was, you know, he was just trying trying to put a, trying to put trying to put something on the live stream and be like, they were trying to put on a good show, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So after the finish line, you can go back and watch a whole bunch of practice and you can even watch what he did before the, on, on his chase, the first run, which was a little goofy. Um, but it's just kind of a gentleman's rule. I feel like as a lead mm. driver to stay on throttle and stay outside of the turn as long as you can, because no one wants to get hit. You want to give the chase driver as much room as they can to shut down. Right. Um, And him and I were actually in the same spot or about the same spot uh, in the chases. Uh, And you can use the concrete camera barricade as like a guy, as like a reference or whatever. But we were both in somewhat the same spot. I just, because you finish wide and you have to push that wall or whatever. And then you have to stay wide because the turnaround cone is in the middle of the track. So you have to be high to turn around that turnaround cone. So I stayed high and he came through and nothing happened. And then I stayed where I had been staying in all of practice. And I just kind of stay on throttle through there. And he came down the bank and got on the brakes, which he's also the, he can shut down however he wants to do. Yeah. Um, You know, and it it is my job to avoid it. But uh, I was just kind of expecting more of a drawn out. It was 800 feet. It was like 800 feet to the turnaround cone. So why you Mm. would need to apply brakes, come back down to the midline to then speed back up, go high to turn around this cone. I, you know, it, I wasn't expecting it. So I totally yeah. did. Uh, yeah, I, I smoked him. I, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't hit him on purpose. I think, I think it was a little bit of both of me pushing too aggressive and him maybe being a little... Um, just coming on the brakes, yeah. Just, just, yeah, letting off hard and... But uh, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know that whole battle. There's a couple things in that battle that I didn't agree with as well. But there was like a weird like spin at the line two call. I think that uh, if I remember correctly, um, I, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm really it, yeah, trying the to first battle. Back. It was uh, I transitioned way early and came yeah. up short while he made it to the outside zone. But I was transitioning based off of watching his car start to transition. Um, so we both started. And then he, I think, I think uh, that Ferrari looks like it has a, a ton of grip, but yeah. um, so he kind of gripped up, drove straight, and then reinitiated into the last zone mm-hmm. when I just transitioned on what I thought was transition timing. So he drove kind of away, and that left me super shallow. And uh, I think that's part of why I stayed on throttle because you do want to have, you know, your impact through the line still, whether, you know, whether it's conscious or not, that still puts you know, a, a check mark on the end of the run if you're aggressive yeah. through the line. Not after the line, but but through the line still kind of mm-hmm. shows. But um, but yeah, there was that. And then uh, because of the contact going out the second, the one more time or whatever, um, when I went to full lock in outer zone one, my tire was just rubbing on the frame rail. So it kind of uh, acted as a left foot brake and just pivoted, pivoted me around. But mm. uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He, was, he was very upset. Understandably, I mean, you know, yeah. You can, 
I mean, also kind of not, I mean, it's drifting, like you get banged up and I guess that attitude is more for in between the start line and, and the finish line, but yeah, I mean, I think I am close I, to the, damn close could, to the finish line. You could, I mean, I, you could definitely see both sides of it. Like I could see, right. I could see, be like, dude, it was over. Like, you know what, why? But you could also just be like, dude, like we all come out here expecting to wreck our cars at any moment. So it's like, I think there's a, an argument either way. And like, yeah. I, I, from your side too, I think there's an argument on both sides where it's like, yeah, if you, yeah, if you I, don't want to get hit, dude, don't do all you can to give that chase driver room to shut down. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know if the, cause you're not looking behind you. You're not looking in your mirrors. You don't know if they're pushing. You don't know if they're on you. You don't know if they're yeah. 50 feet back. So, I mean, just as a, and pro-am guys or grassroots guys do that too. At the end of the run, yeah. you don't ever slam on the brakes and, and stay stay with the turn as far as you can. Give people room to shut down. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're if you're you know running a train. It's like the same thing. If you're the lead driver, you got to go as wide on everything as you can because it's only going to get shorter and and right. tighter as as that goes yeah. on. And also that after that finish line, that gap closes so fast. Like when, yeah. when you're at angle blowing the tires off, you don't have a crazy amount of push. But mm. as that wheel speed comes back to vehicle speed and your angle is coming down, so like on shutdown, it grabs and yeah. and pushes really quick. So I mean, that also, you know, well, you if, could, if he's just kind of letting off and letting it snap, there's none of that push. So I think he didn't have any of that push and I've had maybe too much of that push. Might have mm-hmm. might have been part of it, but yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it shit happens. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, it shit happens. You should have mm-hmm. spares. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, wow. Uh, but I mean, if that's like your, if that's like your, your biggest controversy, I don't think you're doing that bad. I mean, you've only been two yeah, years. Right. So you got yeah. time. No, and, and you got uh, time to, yeah, right. And I don't know. I don't know how deep into this I should go, but um, I've done some dumb stuff to other people in the past and stuff. And <laughs> and when I go up and apologize and I go, hey man, like that was fucking dumb. Sorry, and maybe you can cut that. Oh out. no, that that's was cool. stupid. Like okay, yeah. cool. I don't know if I. Um, yeah, you're good. You know, I'll, I'll offer I'll offer to help if if you got to bend a bash bar out. I'll see if I can go get a jack handle for you and help you do it. And yeah. a lot of people are, you know, can be mad, but usually people turn over to okay, it happens. You know, and yeah. uh, I don't yeah. know. everyone Dude, I know- does dumb <clears throat> stuff. He's gonna do, you know, or, or anyone. Anyone is going to do dumb stuff. So it doesn't make sense to get mad when you're on the receiving end. Because it's just going to roll around with karma and you're going to do something dumb to someone else and you're going to hope that they don't get as upset as you did. Yeah. So I mean, I know there's, I mean, there's beefs going back in FD for years. I mean, the, the JTP, uh, Vaughn beef forever. I right. mean, I'm curious to see like what happens with Chris Dobbs and Jeff Jones because like that was yeah. a whole, yeah. that was a whole thing. It was like All one right. of the wildest dash cam videos ever. Um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, I think you're pretty but, Yeah, I wouldn't even call liked. it beef. Like, I literally, no, like, this is a situation. five minutes ago, me and him were high-fiving, and he was yeah. like, hey, thank you for telling me that one little yeah. weird thing you do. And, I'm, and I was like, yeah, yeah. He, he, I, I came back over to the pit after the talking to him before the crash, and I was like, oh, that guy's the nicest guy in the world. It was the first time I'd actually had, like, a real conversation with him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's a... Yeah. Uh, There'll be more. High There'll be more situations. Way. So he's he's yeah. super happy. He's, so when he's upset, he, he's probably super upset. He is a very emotional human being. Like for right. for I mean, from any conversations I've had with him, I had him on my old podcast, and like you can just tell how in like just intense he gets about everything. So yeah. that comes that comes yeah. with both sides, right? Yeah. So. I will. I I do have to add just for my team's sake that if there's any beef between drivers, it should be between drivers, and you shouldn't be 
Uh, yeah. Trying to, you know, get in altercations with the teammates of the people who did, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, a, it's over now. Hopefully you guys are, are good and you can chat yeah. it out. I mean, it'll happen. Yeah. It'll I happen hide, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, uh, just bring over like, I don't know. I was going to, anyways, I was going to say something, but I just like realized I'm like, that's probably not a good idea. It's fine. Yeah. Are you, uh, any, like any changes? I think you talked about adding nitrous back in for Atlanta. Is there any, anything else you guys have updates wise this year coming up? Um, 285. No, not really. Cool. Uh, some new partnerships with companies that we've been running in the past, but it's really, uh, we've worked our way into this motor and car package that we have based on stuff that we know works from other customer builds at the shop and what we've mm. done in the past and stuff. So we've already set kind of our package and uh, we've tried to get people on board who want to be on board. Uh, and if they don't want to be on board, we're still going to run it because we know it works. And uh, so it, it's cool to team up with like Precision this year. Like we've run Precision forever. We tag them in our stuff. We've reached out to them, um, and it's and it's cool to see stuff like that. Finally, you know, now we're officially partnered with them and stuff. Ooh, so that's nice. Yeah, you have like yeah. a whole garage. It, it's full neat of to get now? the support back because like we, we yeah we we've always been given our recommendations on all the customer cars. We recommended Precision. We know it works. We we only recommend stuff that we have personal experience with and. We're not cool. recommending stuff because they give us a free pump or a free this or whatever. Mm-hmm. We just, we, yeah, we try to be as honest and transparent as open with everyone. And it's been, it's been working. Companies like that, people like that. It's organic. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see what you do on the big tire. I mean, I mean, I'm stoked get nitrous back into it. I think that's going to be pretty sick to like really be able to rip you know, coming up to right. the keyhole, like that stretch, I, that small stretch between inners. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a weird stretch. Like it's, it is definitely a weird stretch the way you have to carry momentum because you scrub so much momentum and then you have to like build it up again to then right. kind of let I, off at the right time to make that keyhole look like. I to think get, it's going to be a little less, um, I don't know, a little less complicated for people with six speeds and sequentials mm. this year because you can, having a gear in between three and four or, you know, just having a gear in between whatever you initiate in. Cause you want a long gear on the run up to get there yeah. and get the vehicle speed. But then when you throw it into that inner, um, that long gear is either going to bog super low if you keep it in the same gear or if you downshift, uh, third is kind of, you know, might be too short, but having that in between gear, uh, for that spot and, you know, up in the keyhole a little bit too. Yeah. Um, that's and if you're on sequential, just be able to bang through them quicker. Right? Yeah, right. Just to be able to do, right. do, and then yeah, be able to keep. What do you are you running? Are you running a sequential now or a dog box? Uh, no, we're four speed. We're, we okay. use the the G Force dog box. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and it's so. I, I, yeah, I'm planning on hopefully bringing the nitrous back just to be able to use fourth through that inner. So then you can initiate in fourth, uh, push through in fourth up the hill, and then grab grab third as you throw the angle around. And okay. then do the rest in third, maybe back. I don't know. But we've been See, playing around in the sim quite a bit with it. And there's a couple different options that are, some are faster, some are smoother, some are look better, but then uh, are a little more of a gamble with getting it down into low RPMs and it gripping up or doing something weird. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's a really, like that, that definitely goes into some pretty technical territory. It's like, okay, what's, what's our gearing? You know, and then what? What can we pull with that? And then what's the the RPM, right? Like how much? How much could we top it out if we are in third? Are we going to be like redline the whole time, or right. you know, if we drop it into fourth, are we going to be bogged way down? But 
yeah. nitrous. That's a it's lot such a of fun balance to play, dude. Like it's such a fun game balancing all that. Well, what works? What's fastest? What you know? What eliminates shifts just for a chance of a miss shift or like yeah. you, you shift and just don't clutch kick right? And like so, you're trying to balance this. Uh, this competitive edge with this consistent ease and uh i don't know i get a kick out of it dude i really enjoy it yeah and and i think just being able to test all that on the sim too so you can kind of come into it and be like okay this is what i'm thinking and i'm sure i'm sure casey's got his own set of like no this is what we're gonna do <laughs> like yeah i've done yeah. the math um this is probably the best way to to make this happen so yeah, honestly um they they line up pretty damn well like wheel, wheel yeah. speed on the sim gets us real close um yeah, I run a little more toe in on the on the sim than I do in real life, or a little more aggressive on the sim. But I feel like, like that's more in? just to um, to make it feel. We, we we make a little changes on there that make it feel more like the car in real life. So there's mm-hmm. there's some stuff from there, but I, dude, most of the suspension changes and stuff like uh, yeah, they go hand in hand. That's mm. uh, it's good. I'm I'm curious if there's like any guys in, that are at like a high level that don't. Sim drift. I'm trying to think. Um, there's honestly, I'm kind of surprised at how many don't. Um, like they're not super deep into it. Like there's a lot of the mm. top guys who have a sim and they hop on every once in a while and like they'll get some sim laps here or there. But then like like Brandon Sorensen, I, d- I don't play with him super often, but I know him and Volters are always like they they do their own versions of tracks with FD. Uh, with you know, like when FD releases a new layout, they'll switch mm-hmm. the layout, and I know he's got his car made and stuff. So they they dive in quite a bit, but um, yeah, yeah, like a, Ben Hobson uh, plays quite a bit. Nick Noback's on there. Um, yeah. Josh and uh, Josh and Robert hop on in our Discord. But yeah, me and Casey, yeah, we we grind laps out. I mean, it shows amount. an yeah. unhealthy yeah. amount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe me. I mean, Casey's too busy in the shop, but I'm grinding out an unhealthy amount of, of sim labs. I mean, there's like worse things you could be doing, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I could just yeah. be TikToking or something. Could be. Are you on TikTok? Yeah. 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 That's that's how I know about you. That's how I first met oh, you. I think I, I followed ZZX right, Digital right, right. first. And that's I like funny. started commenting and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I've, I didn't know you personally, but I was like, this guy actually knows what he's talking about with FD stuff. And yeah, you're trying sometimes. to give like a whole bunch of grassroots drivers tips to like figure out their sponsorship stuff. And I was like, I need, I need that. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, because we talked a bit last year about some sponsorship stuff. I remember yeah. there was a few yeah. things we were going through. Yeah. But, yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah, I don't Which It's I, crazy. That's another whole crazy world. You talk about the... The, the, all the different aspects of things you have to learn around FD, yeah, and, and the, the the social media one is one by itself, but the marketing one, I know they're kind of like integrate, but just the the yeah having one, to be a professional marketer. I didn't go to school for anything like that. I, I took like some online classes just to like kind of get the vocabulary down like a year mm-hmm. ago, and and it is. I, I think that's my next big hurdle is. Uh, is I don't know f- figuring out the whole marketing aspect to it and and getting it's a, a grasp on that. It's such a weird world. Like right? uh, I mean, a lot. I, I trying to explain it to people is tough because like, oh, like what do you do with, for a living? I'm like, I kind of gamble with other people's money. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. companies give me a bunch of money to then go, well, make us more, and I go, oh, well, here's what the stats say, but here's what my gut says, and I kind of have to use both. 
Right. And then sometimes, like, most of the time it works. There's the odd occasion where it just doesn't. I'm like, well, yeah. that didn't work. Let me figure out how to get all that money back for you. So, <laughs> like, right. It's, and thankfully, there's, there's never been anything too bad. But, like, it's at the end of the day, like, marketing is still an informed gamble. Because, like, right. you know, I don't want to, like, get into, like, current affairs or public events. But there's a bunch of crazy marketing things going on right now that, like, Depending on who you talk to, it's making companies a lot of money, and you talk to other people, and it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. So it's like, it just it just depends. Like, yeah. You know, those, well, it's good decisions. to hear you say that it, that it's like a gamble because I was like, it as is. I was trying to figure it out more and more and more, and just learn more about different aspects of it. I'm just like, man, this. I don't know. It, <laughs> I was like, I, I know less now. I know less about what's effective <laughs> and like. I, I don't know. Everyone says something different, but if you can learn more about human psychology, like if you learn human psychology, marketing is much easier than than okay. if you and learn I mean, like and yeah, yeah. Like and that's, data think, data science is good. Like to understand data science is really really helpful to be able to read the numbers and go oh like you know here's uh, without getting like super nerdy into it, but like oh my cost per click is this much, but then if I look at my bounce rate, then it actually is this much. And so, like, my actual cost per acquisition is this much based on that. Like, that's right. great. That's fantastic. But at the end of the day, if you don't understand human psychology, you can't even get a click rate. Like, you, you're not even yeah. going to get people to click on things. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your stats say if you just can't get people to take the action you want them to take. I hear that. I hear so, that. Yeah. yeah. L- learn that. I mean, honestly, like, if you learn how human beings think, like, how... Um, there's one right now that's, uh, I just finished one on, on dopamine, like understanding how people, how dopamine works in the brain and like how it's triggered and then how you can correlate that to actual marketing. And right. it's, it's so fascinating. I, I can't remember Having what it's called. logos but. flashing certain colors and bright backgrounds yeah. and yeah. Dude. Yeah. Color science and marketing is a whole other thing. Like I, right. I ha- my social media feeds are two things, drifting and marketing and that's it. So like. For me, uh, I think we talked about it with Turk where we were talking about having bright colors at the back of the car and how the judges, it looks better. It looks like you've got more proximity when you have these yeah, contrasting I, colors. I was wondering that with uh, him and Hurst. When, when Hurst was following him, I mm-hmm. couldn't pay attention to his car because he was, he was just that raw exposed dog bone. And yeah. especially up against that yellow it was, I would, it, it, he would blend in with the asphalt. He'd blend in with certain tones of the smoke. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that literally, like you, you can Does win a battle almost based on color. If, if but, it was an equal battle, one, like yeah. 50-50 perfectly, and one person had a bright, more noticeable color, like it, for sure. It, Unless they make mistakes in the rear, but then it's also, it goes the other way too. But. Well, it's the same thing with wheel color, right? Is like, yeah. you know, a bright white wheel versus a darker wheel. Like, how does that pick up? when you're trying to figure out if somebody's like pulling a handbrake and like that's right. why they added those color you can see corrections stripes. but you can also see when there's no corrections and that's it, just as impactful if not exactly yeah. yeah the color the color makes a lot of sense i mean you could uh, i i'd be curious if you like wrap the car a certain color to like spark confidence or joy because there are colors that are correlated mm-hmm. with with confidence um right. <clears throat> so and there's colors that are you know correlate with urgency like red red current like that's urgency yeah so you know, and then it, there's there's so much. Like I could literally That's go cool. on about this for so long. Yeah, I haven't really. I haven't. I haven't even thought about that aspect of of the choosing car color. That's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, it it's it's 
it's a whole thing. Like I've never gone, I haven't spent enough time to like figure out like what the perfect livery would be to have a judge trust you, but it's something I've thought about where I'm like, right. if you, if you wanted, if you wanted to convey the most amount of believability in a, uh, uh let's say like, um, you have an objection to a call. How, how could you convey your point in a way that would be the most believable to get it across? Right. Like, could you use psychology to have a protest go through? Right. You probably yeah. could. You probably yeah. could. Like there, there are ways of, um, this is, oh wow. man, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to give up like something here that like, hopefully people have like not listened this far in the podcast. So I worked, <laughs> I worked as a, as a magician for 10 years. Um, what? Yeah, I know. That's, that's how I helped pay my way through college. I started when I was like 13. Um, it was almost 10 years of doing it. And there's a lot of psychology that goes into magic in the way of using distraction and getting people to like give up information so that way it seems like you're you're able to predict things. Like even talking and nodding your head very subtly, people will start to agree with you because you're they will mirror response it is what it's called. So like if right. you talk and you're and you're you're trying to like bluff your way through something, if you're nodding your head very subtly, you'll watch yeah. other people start nodding their heads. And that action is correlated with agreeance and people will start believing you more. Um, wow. li- little uh, yes. stuff like James little, Dean did hit my phone. Exactly. Tire, exactly. <laughs> even, yeah. Like weird stuff. Like if you point, if you just like, while you're talking, you point up towards your eyes, people will shift to your eyes. You can do whatever the hell you want with your hands. You could, you could flip somebody off down here, but if you point your eyes first, they're never going to notice it. So crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like I'd be curious if you could use that on the judges. So right. like, sorry, sorry, you Sean. Hear that? Like, yeah. Sean Adriana's Emily, like, yeah, oh, Emily, man. you taking notes over here? <laughs> But yeah, that all, I mean, that goes into like sponsorship decks that goes into um, other stuff, like picking your colors for your sponsorship deck. Like, does that, could that inform something? How does that stand out in a pile of other sponsorship decks? How does the font convey what type of feeling you're trying to get across? Are you an aggressive driver? Are you, are you all that stuff, right? Like the colors you choose for your car are like interesting to me because it's like this, flashy but kind of muted tone like it's not like i'm this wild guy it's kind of like no i'm trying to be conveyed as a professional the term m spec comes up with something that's very technical like that's that's how i read that situation very cool that's cool that yeah i uh i like all the earthy tones (laughs) i like the 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 long hair and earthy tones go together so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just my hippie colors coming out but i do need and we went bigger with the gold stripe last year because i was like that was our flash of color we used to have like 24 karat gold plated wheels the old the old seven oh, right. were wild but that was our flash of color and then we just did raw dog bone mm. and but we got rid of the flashy wheels which i'm i'm glad uh and put these new cool koenigs on and we've been running koenig for a while now but um but yeah so we we did the gold spoke and we did a fat gold spoke so it's super noticeable but yeah we like that that gold accent and i just like the flash of it the actual <laughs> Shimmer of it more so than the color. It's just when it transitions, you get this kind of bass boat effect that like wiggles through it, and it, it looks like like uh, when you like pull a sword out in anime or something. Yeah, and it's like, and you get that ding, like yeah, yeah <laughs> that little. So it's supposed yeah. to look like a weapon. It's got like army tones and huh. like, a, like a fighter jet and a tank, and that's, yeah. that's how looks I tough. see it. It looks yeah. it looks dangerous, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. We leave all the like. Um, when we screw up body panels and stuff and we go back and patch them, like uh, we, since we run the exposed carbon, I love the look of the teared carbon like towards mm. the end of the season because it looks like if you see a shark that doesn't have any scars, you're like, that 
It's a shark. It's a cute little shark. But if you see some matted yeah. up, gnarly, missing an eyeball, you're like, I don't want to touch that. Shark seen thing. some like, shit. Yeah. Get me out of the water. So I love, yeah, I love that that clean, simple, aggressive looking, but with some beat up marks on it. Like, you know, that thing's here to party. and Yeah. It's built for war. Like to quote yeah. Matt Kaufman, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I would really, I, I, I think one day I'll try and break down that. It'd be cool to, I wish I had more time to like run the stats on like, what is the winningest color in FD? Like, oh yeah. Oh, is it yellow? Yeah. Is it green? Is it red? Is it gold? Like what, what color has won be, more battles? Yeah. Right. I mean, Osbo's car is flashy gold with, with Osbo being flashy gold and Chelsea yeah. had a bunch of gold on his car. He, he, he was like purple and gold stuff. That gold that has something yeah. to it. Is it, Correlation or is it causation, gold. right? I love gold. Yeah, love Mike Myers. Gold. Hey, another Canadian. Um, right. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying some of the best comedians come out of Canada. Ryan Reynolds, Jim Carrey, uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, they're all Canadian. Yeah. So, something yeah, about this weird wild. culture that makes people funny. So right. I, <laughs> I need to get some more of that. <laughs> for, <laughs> for real. Are but, you into stand-up at all? A little bit, yeah. I do. Uh, I do enjoy like a lot of comedians. Um, I haven't been to a show in a while, but like uh, Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura, uh, yep. big yeah. fan of Two Bears One Cave. I think it's one yeah, of the funniest dude, he's, podcasts. He's ever. all uh, Tom Segura is all into racing and stuff now too. Yeah. I guess they yeah. Seeing him partner up with Matt Farah, car. he needs to like, start drifting. We gotta get. We gotta figure out a way to like infiltrate that and get like a drift car in front of him. So right. Uh, I think that should yeah. be our master. Plan. Gotta, I think you like, just gotta build him one and send it to him. Yeah, I, I mean, that's not in my budget. I don't know about yours. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, but oh, that's that gamble. That's that marketing gamble, dude. If It could work. I mean, yeah. if you have a if you have an S14 shell laying out outside and you can put a, a VQ in it to make it like a reliable seat yeah. time car or whatever. And if you send it, if you send someone a car, dude, they're not going to ignore you. That'd be no, so like They'll at least turn yeah. it on. And, and even like a little drift little beater. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's just a matter of like right place, right time. I, I, that's that's right. kind of how he got into it, anyways. You know, and then and then hang, him hanging out with Matt Farah helps. So I think what we need to do mm-hmm. is we need to get like a Steph Papadakis or a Chelsea Denofa or somebody who's like super knowledgeable but super enthusiastic about drifting. Get him on Tom's podcast, make that happen. But I mean, like for real, I think Jared has been on Matt Farah's podcast, and Matt Farah has obviously been on Tom's podcast. So if we can get Jared to talk to Matt to talk to Tom. Might be into something here. There we go. Yeah, there we six, go. Six degrees. I wanted to of do. I think it'd be cool to do interviews of people, like, um, like if we were at Irwindale, you kind of putts around the bank, and then on the run up, you ask them a question, and then you time the end of your question for initiation. So mm. they have like an open face helmet that's all mic'd up and stuff like that, but they have to answer these like whatever questions like while they're passenger in a drip car, and they're it's all like, like hot oh. ones. Hot ones meets drifting, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 That distracted interview style, right? Where you're actively trying to get them. Up. I mean, that's I I I can't I like obviously I don't do the same thing, but like I try actively try to get people off their game. Like that's yeah. my goal. That's that's my yeah. entire goal at these shows is like, no, I want to break through the interview style. Like whatever. Uh, what do you what do you got to get me off the game? Nothing. Here? You're good, man. I didn't have Sick. to. So. <laughs> I don't want to be thrown off my game. No, you Casey but, threw me off my game when he walked in here. I guess that happened. <laughs> But I mean, I hope you, you leave some of that in. That was funny. I can. I'll leave. I'll leave some. Maybe it's like the end. We'll leave like a, a yeah, little segment. Yeah. Like trying to figure the mics out and all the echoes. But right. you're not like media trained, though. Like you don't have proper media training. You've never done like a course on, or like like had somebody. 
teach you how to do that. I mean, I Frederick Osbo. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Frederick but, Osbo had, yeah, no. had Jen Horsey, or still has Jen Horsey, who basically media trained him. Like, took okay. him from this guy who could barely speak English to like, no, this is how you do it. She comes from, she's got a crazy background, like rally and stuff like that. Like, Jen's, if you know, but like, um, you know, Turk kind of had, uh, I think it was Jacob Chills. Like, there are these guys in the sport that have had these managers or partners who like, teach them how to be presentable, how to have talking points, right. how not to go, uh, mm, and stuff like that. Yeah. You haven't had that yet. You're still pretty new. So trying to break your like, quote unquote, camera character, that's, that's, I didn't have to. It's Sick. just, yeah, I guess I don't just, have a quote unquote camera character to break. Yeah. But, and, and yeah. honestly, like the secret sauce is I try to do some research that throws people off. So for you, like researching the potential high schools that you went to, was fairly like fairly easy, right? Find the mascots, yeah. ask that question. Then you're like, oh shit, this dude did some digging. Like, oh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Honestly, so, when you pulled up the Buck Hill stuff, that it didn't even throw me off. It made me more excited. I was like, man, I love talking but, about this. I, I no yeah. one really in my direct area that I still like f- like frequently talk to or stuff was part of that. And it was a whole different life. Yeah. To where it's like, uh, yeah, some traveling I around in the traveling around in the old school bus and you bro, know, jumping. you want to hear a good story about that that yeah. bus real quick? So yeah, for sure. I got I got two of them. You can if you want to cut one of them out or whatever, that's nah, fine. But we got time. Um, so we were driving to Big Bear or Mammoth. I think we were driving to Mammoth. We we're driving to California to go snowboarding, and uh, we had driven through some. So we were leaving from Minnesota. I think we drove through Colorado, and we drove through some crazy snowstorms. And so whatever, we drive through the snowstorms, no problem. We're in the Nevada desert, like almost to the California line. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone else was driving and it was right before the sun was coming up. So it was probably four or five in the morning. And all of a sudden, everyone just gets launched up into the air and the the, it, the van drops back to a halt and just skids to a stop and we're like, what the hell is going on? We couldn't figure it out. Two, it was a dually. It was a Ford like F four fifty dually shuttle bus, and mm. two of the rear wheels fell off. So we were like, what? Like we didn't hit anything. We were just driving down the road, and they fell off, and we couldn't figure it out. We didn't know, and and so we were hanging out, and the highway patrol is there the next morning while we're waiting for tow trucks to come get us and fix stuff, and uh, um. In the middle of the road, there was just this big melting snowball. Okay. And it was like the middle of California and it's like 85 degrees and the sun's coming up. And then there's just this big snowball on the road melting and making a little puddle. And we and the the, the state troopers were like, what the hell is this thing? Like, what? <laughs> and I guess what had happened was we shot so much snow up, it, it compacted into ice and it finally melted off and we ran it over. And then coming back down from it running over was enough to like break the wheels off or something like that. So, dude, so we were like hanging out in the middle of a highway in the middle of nowhere going to California. And like there's people doing we were doing yoga on the road. Like I, it was it was wild. But we were just stuck there. And these state troopers like didn't know what to do because they couldn't just like tow the shuttle bus with the tow truck that they had. So we were waiting for a bigger one or something like that. But yeah, and, and and the wheels had rolled off into the into the distance. They just said peace out. <laughs> and it, it was like a who done it like mystery just, for them to figure out. I was just gonna say it's like one of those like, okay, here's the scenario and you have to try and figure out how it happened. Like Yeah, and you're like, I'm, I don't 
I don't yeah. know. I don't get the it. The snowball. That's, that's yeah, crazy. It was wild. And then another time, uh, there's this place called Loveland Pass in Colorado. And okay. it's in between two uh, ski resorts. And basically, it's like the biohazard uh, route for trucks that can't go through the tunnel. Mm. And uh, everyone just hitchhikes up, skis down. There's like some really cool backcountry. And then yeah. random strangers will pick you up, bring you to the top. So all day long, instead of a chairlift, you just hop in random people's like trucks. Drive up, drive up and the you just go up and down. So I yeah. had that shuttle bus out there. So I was like, let's load on in. We are taking turns going up and down and stuff. So it was my turn to run people up. And it started dumping snow. And uh, they closed the pass. But since we were just doing laps, we didn't know they closed it because we were like in the middle of where they oh, closed it. Oh, of the two closed and, off ends. Uh, I feel like we, we heard like, doo, doo, doo. Doo, doo, doo. like big explosions going off because they, they used live or they used to use live ordinances to cause avalanches so then yeah. they can come back and plow the avalanches and stuff. So we're like on this road. I can't see past the hood of the of the of the shuttle bus, and I've got like eighteen people yelling at me different things to do. Like imagine having two bad backseat drivers. I had like eighteen backseat drivers. <laughs> we're on the edge of a cliff on Loveland Pass in Colorado, and I can't see like I can't see if I'm gonna go off the road. I can't oh, see anything. Live and live we, shells flying over your head. Oh my god! Yeah. We hear these, like, explosions going on. Everyone's freaking out. And then all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, like, we just see flashing blue and yellow lights. And, it, like, dodge this, like, big old snow plow that was coming in. But and they're like, what we the didn't hell get is caught in an avalanche. White? We almost got smoked by a, by a uh, snow plow. But know, you're driving a out. white, you know, white F450 yeah. van, basically. Yep. Bus, mini bus. Yeah, dude. Jesus. That, that, that bus went some places. I'm, I'm sure it had some <laughs> no, stories, man. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it had some stories. It's That's neat. crazy. Well, sir, I think we were like, I think we've, it's hard to tell because like the other recording, um, but we're already at like oh, an yeah, hour right? and 50 here. So um, yeah, sorry for my audio editor. He's going to, he's got some work to do tonight, but that's, You're that's sorry. not my problem. Yeah, sorry in advance. Who's doing he, that? I was, a guy named Jay. He's he's absolutely Jay. incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool Jay. guy. Yeah. Jay, man. <laughs> give him some of that. Yeah, I think he's like J-Wad and audio engineering systems or something, but like the dude's the dude's a wizard. We recorded the episode in Long Beach and uh, he mastered it like that night and ha- we had Sick. it up the next morning. And then they, they um, yeah, the internet was so bad we couldn't get the video up, so we posted the video on the Wednesday. If anybody's wondering why that all got weird. Um, That's funny. But yeah, yeah, he's an he's a absolute wizard. But uh, cool, man. Well, I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad we got this For all real. sorted. Uh, I'm yeah, glad no, I got to I see your- this. Thank- yeah, I'm glad Thank I got to see you for your front the opportunity. Porch. <laughs> um, yeah, is there anywhere, anything you want to plug, social media stuff, anywhere they can find more about Stuky? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm mostly just on Instagram, Stuky Racing on Instagram, uh, Dan Stuky on Facebook for my car stuff, Daniel Stuky on Facebook if you just want to be friends. Uh, full Lock Drift, if you guys are doing Pro Am or just want to do fun events, we're doing some really cool stuff. So, Full Lock Drift for all the drifting here in Oklahoma. And and uh, no, dude, watch, watch out. We're coming. Casey Cole's coming for ProSpec. I feel bad for a lot of people in ProSpec this year because he's going to be making some work. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, I can't wait till yeah. he gets into pro. It's, yeah. I'm excited. I'm calling yeah. it now. I still, I think he'll yep. get his, I think he'll be Yeah, he needs to. There's, he's, he's already got a title sponsor and some tires waiting for him. Damn. So, yeah, he just needs to. Talk about that marketing gamble. Yeah. Not no gamble. We're no. moving up, dude. It's just yeah, happening. No gambles over here. 
That's awesome. Well, um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate it. I think this is going to have some fun clips. I'm, I apologize now, depending on how this thing gets clipped out. I don't get to decide that. Sick. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, like, I'm sure there's going to be some good. I'm sure there's going to be some good uh, Ferrari monster trucking. There's there's going to be some good so. clips in there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening and or watching. Uh, if you do watch it, we do have full audio uh, available on all podcast apps. And if you're listening. Check out YouTube because you can see me talk with my hands a bunch, and you can see you can see Dan's dog walk around in the background and yeah, interrupt yeah. things. Like there's a there's a lot of like, Easter eggs in this episode. So um, yeah, dude, uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks. See you in Atlanta. Safe travels. I'll see Safe. you in a couple of weeks. 